everybody, and welcome back to We Bought a Mic for Good Mic Hunting, mm. a Robin Williams career arc series, mm. celebrating the man, the comedian, the serial killer. <sighs> Spooky scary. Spoilers. Talking insomnia, um, not the local cookie delivery company okay here in uh, the greater orlando area this is why this movie is so forgotten because the seo (laughs) is ruined yeah yeah it's like what is this a sleep disorder no that's the thing is i'm like looking looking at like insomnia insomnia real life like trying to look up the real story (laughs) that this is based on it's like insomnia trouble man trouble sleeping and I can't. I can't find yeah. the movie. Can't Google's find the movie like, anywhere. please get help. <laughs> <laughs> Seek medical attention. Uh, now we're talking Christopher Nolan's Insomnia, two thousand two. Welcome mm-hmm. to the show. My name's Ernest. I don't have a fun thing for this one. This this isn't a movie with a lot Sleepy. of quotes. Sleepy time. I, I did watch this movie at like five in the morning, so I feel like I captured the energy of the Al Pacino character in this movie. Oh, well, it is. Uh, viewers of the YouTube might see that it's a little bit bright behind us, but what you don't know is it's actually 10 p.m. It, <gasps> oof. It's actually two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Four days, Dormer. Uh, I'm Hunter. Tell me, Dormer, how the lamb stop screaming at we're going to talk about the the influences in this movie because it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I'm Drew. And you might be wondering, is there a reason? I think it was you maybe last week, Hunter, that said that this is the most under-discussed Nolan. Yeah. Um, and you're right. You're, you're super right. Like even people like following, which is way a way smaller production, uh, has like, is like an ultimate Reddit movie. Mm-hmm. It like, is like a cult um, following. Yeah. Has anyone else seen following? It's actually kind of a masterpiece. And then, underrated gem. and then obviously Memento. And then this is his first studio, like bigger movie. Um, the trade-off as we learned watching it, um, Ernest and I watched this together. Yeah. I'm going to be Ernest. You're going to have to pretend like I'm saying all this for the first time. I'm sorry. Okay. I, okay. Cause I was, we were riffing during the movie. I, I was, oh. yeah. Working on bits. There was, there was yeah. a lot to talk over. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, here's Al Pacino covering his windows again. Wow, he's too fucking bright in here. It's too bright, man. <laughs> need a more. I need Pacino to dial it up a little bit more. But we'll get to that. Um, the trade-off is that Nolan did not get to write this yep. movie, and whether or not you like his writing style, it is extremely, especially back then, before he got a little bit looser with uh, things like Dunkirk and Tenet. Like it had quite it had a floor mm-hmm. um be, just because of all the bells and whistles every single line would would have some sort of meaning behind it um to a fault but still uh yeah it, it had it would have more oomph to it it's sort of i compared it as to like an opposite true romance mm-hmm. where like that movie feels tarantino ish but tarantino just wrote it he didn't get to direct it so it's not full tarantino this this doesn't feel like full nolan well, it, yeah. it was his it was his audition. And yeah. I think that that might be a good thing to discuss. We can do it now or we can save it for later. But like the best audition movies, because he goes from Memento, which was a, a big movie in terms of like attention, but a small movie in terms of like production. It was still a very indie movie mm-hmm. that was not made in the studio system. Insomnia is a Warner Brothers movie. It begins the long relationship that Nolan would go on to have that would end with Tenet because now Oppenheimer is going to be a universal movie, but it's his like, like, okay, 
Nolan, make a normal, make a normal movie. Mm-hmm. And, and make, then if you do a you good play, job, can you play with the big boys? Can, yeah. Are you willing to just like sit there and take your studio notes right. and kind of play with them that way? And he, and he made money. This movie made yeah, money. It was successful. It, yeah. And then Batman Begins was right after this. He just got, you know, you know, passed right over to that. It's, it's interesting. And like, it, it's, it's funny bringing up like the audition movie because you're right. That used to be a thing that would happen all the time. And now at this point, it's like, Hey, you made your indie horror film, Welcome to your own Ant-Man franchise. Like, it's just like kind of like that. Yeah. that You just kind of get swept up in the fucking Marvelfication of everything. There is no middle ground in between like going from small indie to the big $200 million budget movie. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the budget of this is. If I was going to guess, I'd say around like 20 ish. Yeah, I think, 46 I think right. mil. Oh, 46, wow. Yeah, 20 to 50. I was guessing somewhere. Sub Ro- 50, Robin's expensive. Robin is. O2. Robin and Al Pacino at this time. Yeah, is, I guess Al. This is but po- Al the post heat of, hump, post heat right. rise again. Al. Al, Al was making a lot of like DB, deep, straight to DVD garbage too. Oh, well, yeah. I think he sure. got sucked into that. But and I, Robin a little bit, but not, not as much. Well, there's. It's interesting. I think that'd be that'd be like a fun topic in the future is just like kind of what the the straight to DVD kind of genre things look like, because for a lot of those movies, especially Nick Cage ones, it's like, oh, this movie has a five million dollar budget. It's like, actually, no, (laughs) Nick Cage is a four and a half million dollar budget. And then this movie looks like shit because it was made for nothing. That's his rate. Yeah, that's his. Even if he does a bad job. Um, You're right. I think that this movie, as much as I. I have been critical of Nolan in the past. I still like, I love Nolan. I really, I feel like I, I respect and I appreciate what Nolan does more than I would call him one of my favorite filmmakers. No, I do like, I do a love. I, maybe I still have the, the taste of tenant in my mouth, which is like, I was ready for this. I was telling shit. I was telling my mouth. Get Um, ready for Hunter to say that insomnia is better than tenant. It is. Um, it's a better film. Um, it's a fuck. It's a better made movie. It makes sense. We're not doing Um, this movie. This movie is ridiculous. So here's the thing. I think that this is a perfect, down the middle, seven out of ten, and like that's kind of all that it is, and yeah, that's fine. And Tenet is a ten out, out of ten. Tenet, Tenet, uh, Tenet is shooting for a twelve, so you're disappointed when it's a seven, and I I like that more. I think that this Period movie. Well, ten. okay, I we'll save we'll send it. We don't have to rehash the Tenet the Tenet <laughs> argument. A movie that is fucking nonsense. Uh, but this movie, I think that this movie sucked. I don't think that this movie sucks. I think I that don't this think movie sucks. I think that I it's, think it's a Chris Nolan movie. It's the, that's the thing. It's like there is a floor to it, but I would so much rather of had Nolan's kind of Nolanism bullshit of him like overwriting than this, which feels like an underbaked mashup of every Fincher movie and Silence of the Lambs leading up oh to this. Oh my God. Like the, that's, the Silence of the Lambs. It's insane. <laughs> but it looks good. I will say the three main performances are all good. Uh, I We can also say the Hillary Swank talk about how Hillary Swank is on top of the fucking world in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Not on top of the title in the poster. Well, that is... Well, completely this is, left this out. This is pre-Best Actress. Right. Pre-back-to-back Best I Actress. I know, but wins. she is in the movie like way more, way more than, than robin. robin yeah and she's good she's great um, she's awesome i i just i i couldn't get behind this movie it, it felt so average it it felt so i don't know it felt so standard this so this is based on we should say like a, a scandinavian yeah it's Nor- apparently norwegian. like an almost beat for beat remake of a 97 yeah norwegian um film. not shocking uh especially based on you know the location hey starring stellan skarsgård yep 
I've actually Ooh. heard that the the original is might is check quite it out. Good, but I I bet I bet it's fine. Um, I the issue here is they. I think that maybe things got lost in translation, but I think a lot of the levers of tension were just completely lost. Like th- th- so many scenes in this movie should be way more tense than they are. Um, and with that veneer gone, with with the. Were you scared of Robin? No. No. He's not scary. I, no. Yeah. He's not scary. His character is not scary because off rip, it, 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 I don't know. I, I think that this is a miscasting. I think he, that, he was kind of scary in one hour photo. That's what I was going to say is like, that's actually a better version. Yeah. Of, it's because they didn't dye his hair blonde. You got it. <laughs> you got to fucking bleach my guy's glasses. head to make him like, to make him no crazy looking. In this one. So, so let's, let's, let's go over a quick plot summary because also what bummed me out is that like the bones of a fun plot are definitely here it's and like you said there's a lot of silence of the lambs because um pacino is like a hot shot cop yeah from la uh, a dale cooper type he he goes to alaska <laughs> he goes to alaska yeah small town in alaska yeah, to investigate the murder of a young just, blonde he girl he goes to twin peaks washington literally oh, wait, uh. and um the the killer spoiler is robin um not not really a spoiler no it's like, not because he's the only character you don't meet right yeah. <laughs> in the You're first like, 40 for minutes of the fucking yeah movie. no i clocked 49 minutes it's yeah. yeah like right at the halfway point too of the long movie, until you actually long. see his face it takes too fucking long um not just because we're waiting for the robin because like that that's when the plot starts. Yeah, because at the beginning, it's like an internal affairs plot. And you're like, I don't care <laughs> about I had to rewind. So I saw this movie back in like, I think, high school or something like that. Maybe I, early I had definitely college. seen it before. Yeah, like it's been, though, years and years the since log, I've seen it. And the I, logs scene was burned into yes, my brain. Yes, exactly. That's, and yeah. that's that scene, the fog scene. Like there's a couple of like really key moments that are Nolan doing his fucking Nolan thing that are just like the the direction kind of takes over the plot in a lot of ways um but i think what i forgot about was a how long it takes to get to to robin and b like just kind of how mundane the writing is for this i think on the i I want to like do this movie over again. Yes, that's exactly my thought. I was like, there's a there's, there's a, a way great better story, a cat and mouse kind of story. It's kind of like Killing Eve is kind of like well, what that whole thing is. Yeah, of like, and a lot of I mean, it, uh, in addition to Silence of the Lambs, a fuckload of heat. I mean, what yeah. if we Pacino's remake- in it, but like so much of like, oh, you think you and I are so different? Yeah, like it, it, it's it's she's got a great that. ass. Killing yeah. Eve is just it's this. But what if they gay? Yeah. Well, they're definitely gay and well, they well, no, and heat. They also are. I know yeah. they're lovers. Uh, well, I mean, it's interesting because like by the time the uh, the Dark Knight comes out, we can see that heat is like Chris Nolan's favorite movie. Like yeah. he's trying so hard to make heat when he makes the Dark yeah. Knight and working with Pacino here. It's like he could lean into that more, but he chooses not to. As much, it's like he's suppressing his well desire. He, is it Nolan, as you mean, right? Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Uh, generally, like script wise, it it makes sense that those are the two biggest influences because the original script was written in ninety seven, so even closer to both of those movies. Yeah, um, he was ninety five. Uh, yes, yeah, ninety five. No, yeah. so it it, uh, it tracks. It's I don't think it's bringing a new layer 
to either of those things. The, it, so here's here's the issue. The the plot that is good that could be a really original through line is like the cop and the criminal truly have to work together to get away. Mm-hmm. Um, that you know that is that's pretty fresh. That's not in. Uh, heat or silence like they do have to they do sort of silence work has a little bit they, of that they, or, and yeah and then in heat they find commonalities but in this movie they have to collaborate and yeah. that is cool that's really interesting um and it doesn't it doesn't blossom the way you want it to i would say well i think the problem also with this is because it's not only it doesn't only have the heat doesn't only have the sounds of the lambs and the fincher and stuff like that but it's also really trying to be like a 1940s like crime yes, noir film there's, and there's it has so much old school yeah the problem is that like i think there's a way to do that and to do it excellent see one of my favorite movies of last year decision to leave which is trying to do the humphrey bogart noir hard-boiled crime we're gonna kind of like um like track down the the killer and like we're gonna find these commonalities with them but this movie has like the worst sides of that which is just like terrible pacing that like this movie just it plods more than it like actually has any kind of consistent movement that's that's why i'm glad that we watched it together drew because we were just we're just riffing so when it got slow we were just like i I, again i watched this movie like kind of sleep deprived because i thought that yeah uh i our schedules got mixed up and i thought that i was like man i gotta cram honestly same it was it was so late when we watched i I know (laughs) we talked for like two hours before playing the movie i was telling lee like we have to watch (laughs) it like lee i'm pressing play (laughs) (laughs) right now I don't, I hate to point fingers, but let's let's do a quick review of Hillary Seitz's screenwriting. Oh career. no, Eagle oh. Eye, dude. Um, dude, so, you're, so we are let's now go. we are now almost done with the quick recap of her screenwriting <laughs> career after you said Eagle Eye because that's almost it. Were you guys a fan of Eagle Eye? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was, Eagle Eye, Eagle Eye rules. That's when I mean, right whenever Shia is like, and we yeah. think he's going to be the next big In, movie star. Insomnia, two thousand two. Eagle Eye, two thousand eight. The Unforgivable 2021. And that's, that is it. That's what? It. So what is this movie? The Unforgivable? It's a ne- I think it's a it's Netflix a San- movie. A Sandy Bowles movie. Yeah, it's a Netflix yeah, movie. Netflix. She did. Oh, she co-wrote it with Peter Craig. So good. Good so for her. Probably just had like touch up. So there. you're, you're definitely Craig right. Film. She's she's trying to incorporate. She's also doing a translation job. And that's, you know, I mean, I'm not that she's the one translating, but you have to, you know, you have to make edits. Um, and probably being told not to deviate from the original story. Yeah, exactly. Well, the guy Eric Skjol, Skjolberg, the guy um, who wrote the Norwegian film, has co-writing credits on this yeah. film as well. Like actually co-screenplay no, credits. No, I I think they I think that's just a rule that is they that have the adapted to, by. It says screenplay on here. So no, that's why see, I didn't know it's, that's, it says they, Hillary side screenplay, and then the two writers. It says 1997 screenplay. Oh, yeah. oh, the two other. Okay, so Hillary wrote this one by by herself. Yeah, they they. It's like a. It's probably like a WGA. Rule well, yeah, or no, something. that makes sense. Um, so IMDb needs to. We make should their mention though, like, just. You know, see this movie. It's on HBO Max if you're curious. I didn't think it was too bad, but it's worth it for like if you are a Nolan completionist. Right. Right. Because it's not I don't think it's bad. I, I don't think, think it, it's bad. I just don't think it's good. I, I think it's probably Nolan's weakest movie. Um, I would have to revisit Memento because. Oh, this that, is it's better than Memento. Memento is. Are you kidding me? No, Memento fucking rules. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I meant to say Memento. Oh, no, Memento, no, 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 no. Memento I'm, I'm fucks. Memento is like a top three I think, Nolan I think movie. the movie that, that people it's, usually point to being Nolan's worst is probably The Dark, Dark Knight Rises. Rises. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't agree with that. I think Rises is better than this. Um, but 
I do think it's notable in like, again, the audition movie, like yeah. what gets him into the path that then goes into like inception interstellar, this, all these things. This so. movie would just like, it makes sense to me why it is never, ever, ever talked about. Right. Like, because it is, it's it was not, lost to time for a reason. Yeah. It's just a movie you would find on a streaming service and like throw it on one night and be like, yeah, you know, but it has Al Pacino wasn't, and Robin Williams. In I know. It. Well, like, so I, I contend that this is a dual miscasting. Um, I love Al Pacino. You know, I love Al Pacino. I think he's past his prime here. Um, a little, I, a little bit. The wig is tough. The wig is brutal. There are some weird yeah. wigs. Going he's also <laughs> he's playing someone that ostensibly should be like hot based yeah. on how people treat him. Al Pacino looks. <laughs> he's so rough. old as shit. Well, um, yeah, at this point, and, and so that, he's also he is playing. I mean, he is technically correct in playing insomnia as like like being just catatonic right like that is how things would actually go you would just be like a zombie by the end but that is not the funnest pacino uh you get a little bit of it here and there but he is mostly just i know like that's just a zombie but the thing is just like if you're gonna have pacino in your film i want him to go like crazy yeah. i want him to lose his mind and have like at least one or two big freak out al pacino yeah. scenes he, you, you this get is like so, one that's like a little it's bit so like it just muted everything that, about this movie is gray and i think muted. i think by the 21st century he had just reached a stage of his career and a stage of by no fault of his own, I mean, kind of fault of his own because of cocaine, but like <laughs> the way his face looked like it, it's like base shots of him. There are a lot of longer shots of him in this, which is like no one respecting yeah. a, a, a master, but like you can't read what he's going for sometimes. Mm. Like you cannot read the emotional shift that he is trying to display in a shot. And the result is like kind of funny. The result is you kind of being like, what is what is Pacino cooking in this shot right well, now? It's so so I. I think we need to just like spoil the movie to really talk about it. So we're going to spoil the movie. Uh, you know, don't listen if you don't want to know plot details. But essentially what happens is in the fog of them chasing uh, serial killer Robin Williams. Is he a serial or just a killer? Well, uh, yeah, he, well, it's not a serial killer because he only he killed, just killed one, one person. Yeah, but it's it's implied that he like writes about murder and he like writes about his own murders like it's kind of implied I think, that his books oh, are based on him actually killing people no so, i didn't get that no at all. i think i, I think because he gives the whole monologue about like it was just one, like yeah she, she just made me mad so he I just ran, no, out, that's why he ran out of he ideas has, and no, he was like no, i guess the just, thing is he's that, like listen I, I showed her my cock and she fucking laughed at me and i you know i who, think that, who that among was, us would not <laughs> i think that the thing is i don't <laughs> I don't think it's implied that he has killed in the past. I think it's implied that he will kill again. Right. I think that's where more of the implication comes is that it's just like the worst part was how easy it was. The, like the, that's, that's the kind of shit that like the beginning of a serial killer would say. The, the key kind of big, I give, I guess big spoiler here is that Al Pacino kills his partner. Like that's kind of like, yeah, I, I guess you after one rushed scene in a diner in a hotel lobby and i had to rewind the scene because i was like i like kind of spaced out for a little bit i was like oh they're internal affairs what are they talking about right yeah, now on this side plot? and then that becomes the central it thing of the movie it is so important one, one all of this yeah all this point. information that is treated as as nothing yeah. it becomes crucial and i will i know you you have your laptop in front of you hunter we've been looking at imdb I want you to, without looking, to tell me the name of the character actor <laughs> who plays his partner. Oh, um, ah, 
fuck, I can't remember his name. No, I recognized him <laughs> as we were watching, That's as the, I was watching. He the movie. is such an you. We've seen him one billion times. He's a that guy. His name is Martin Donovan. Yes, I looked him up because I was just me like, too. Who the fuck is that guy? Like I know that I know him from stuff. He looks like he was in Heat. He's he was in, in, you know, he's in Tenet. Yeah, he was in Tenet. He was on the, he was the one who tells him about, uh, to like, let go of things. He's a Isn't great, he? he's a great fed. He's on the boat. He's a oh, big little lies. He, he plays a great fed. He's in yeah. Ant-Man. He's a, isn't he a fed in Weeds? Um, Who's he playing Weeds? I don't know. Um, the name Hap. Oh my God. He's done the so name much Hap TV. Eckhart is so funny. Hap. Why do they call him that? Why, Hap. why did they name him Hap? <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so, and he's, I like him as an actor, but like. Getting like forty nine minutes of like a two hander of Pacino and him is and like hap. is tough. Um, I and I really well, he gets Hillary Swank in. There I was too. truly enjoying Hillary Swank. She is playing Clarice Starling. Yeah, the um, the hair is exactly the same. Yeah, and she's the she's the precocious young uh, young Detective agent. Darner. Detective yeah, Darner. We were doing that. <laughs> she's trying to impress like the cool season vet. Um, and but instead of like you know instead of Starling trying to impress the literal murderer she's, she's just trying to impress uh al pacino who is a literal murderer as, yeah. it, as it turns out yeah. um i and it's a fun i don't know it, it adds some fun plot wrinkles that she is a really good detective and she is you know she's going all out to solve this shit and he kind he can't figure out if he wants her to that's cool that is good yeah writing. it's like do that's i good want tension. to get caught he yeah because yeah. he he did kill his partner he in his heart it it was an accident he didn't mean to do it but he becomes he's so, so sleep deprived yeah, well and also he doesn't, un, he doesn't understand exactly his own and also memories like and, the, and also his partner thinks that he meant it you know what i mean like right. so he's really fucked up about it so the closer she gets he he's encouraging her he's like no no, no don't drop well, this because yeah. then it's revealed at the end that he actually cover he like implicated someone else in a crime that he was convinced that he that they had committed he did yeah exactly he he has done this yeah like he planted evidence he planted evidence on a on like a, a pedophile or something Some, yeah something um, like that so he has he's carrying this guilt and like honestly i we we were chatting uh when we were watching this movie drew about like how much of a pass you can give certain movies that have bad writing and like how much the other elements can sort of you know elevate a movie that whose writing is not as good and to me i think al pacino as an actor has so much gravitas that even though this is not even close to being his best performance he's so talented he's that just, he can yeah he can sell this idea of being tortured with guilt mm -hmm. and that guilt being amplified by this lack of sleep by yeah by literally he's like cross-eyed and <laughs> in this movie from I, from not he literally <laughs> like i wrote in my letterbox review this is a uh al pacino try not to sleep challenge <laughs> like that was on set of this movie is like because i watched a little on youtube you can watch like a little seven and a half minute making of thing that someone uploaded and robin williams is just like cracking jokes on set and i was like where was that guy <laughs> Where is that guy in this movie? And then Al Pacino's just like, yeah, I'm really taking this role very seriously. And I'm, I'm Al Pacino. Of course, yeah. <laughs> He's just so, Robin is just so dry when he comes in. And He's it, not very good in this movie. I, I think that it's a miscasting. <sighs> yeah. Um, it's a bummer. Yeah. It just, it's just not him at his best. I will get into re couch because, um, I got, I got the recasting for 
Pacino literally right? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You looked up who it was supposed to be and I was just right. But um, Robin, I'm there's just better options here. And it's weird because like you said, he's good in uh one hour photo. He is. Mm-hmm. He's but creepy. I think a lot a of menacing. it. I think a lot of it is in the writing. Like he doesn't have time to be weird or creepy in this because he's just like a device. Like he he's there to advance the Al Pacino character. Exactly. He is, like that's what he is there for. He, he doesn't actually he's not a real character the, at all. I, th- I thought it was. Ex- I don't know. To I me, also did you get the feeling that they didn't want to cross a line with having Robin Williams in this movie? Because like the man's a pedophile. Him like he definitely is yeah. a pedophile and they never actually want to specifically call him out on that. They're like, look, she was just he was a friend to her whenever she really needed it. It's like he is literally hanging out with a high schooler. Like he is go just go full creepo with it. Like yeah. maybe that is a studio note. Maybe that was just like Robin didn't want to cross that certain line he with should, people. It's in his contract. Uh, yeah, he's like I can't be like I'm known as like this lovable guy. I can't cross that yeah. into like That's a good Yeah, that's a good point. Like, like they should have gone further with if you're not going to make him like a full fleshed out character then make him despicable yeah we hate him because he he is the he should be like the jolt of energy that we need like 50 minutes into the movie because he brings a ton of plot into it he calls pacino and you hear his voice and you're like ah there's robin and the first like three or four times that he calls Robin, the conversations suck. It's literally him just being like insomnia. Huh? Like yeah. he, he somehow, he, how the lamb stop screaming. Yeah, it's just, it's very unimaginative. You know what I mean? He calls just to talk with Al about like the theme of the movie. Like yeah. give me something you, else. You yeah. were thinking that maybe he was a figment of, of his imagination, which yeah. would have been cool. That would have been a better, it would have been fun. <laughs> um, and that, I mean, Nolan would have done that. Absolutely. Yeah. They're um, like Chris, Please make a normal movie. Chris, he's We're real. We're going Chris, to give you real Batman. Chris. <laughs> real quick, um, because we talked about Hillary Swank. I did want to correct that she had already won a Best Actress at this point in 2002. In the 90s? Yeah, Boys, Boys, Boys Don't, Don't Cry, Cry was 1999. Yeah. I couldn't um, remember the timeline of that. So Also, I fucked up. There are several posters with her above the title. Not the, not the main, though. Not the, yeah, not the main. I know not they, the main, but they did. There are some that do okay. have her. Well, Boys good. Don't Cry was, you know, an I, indie flick. Yeah, absolutely. Small. No, so. Good movie. Well, I, fuck that movie. I In do hindsight, wanna, very problematic. It, oh, it's yeah, no problem. doubt. It's, but in 1999, it's like, oh, my God, this is so, like, woke and it's yeah. ahead of its time. Um, So. Hillary Swank is like such she has one of the most fascinating careers that I don't know if it's worthy of a full career arc series unless it was just a mini series about her but of how on top of the world she was like if you go back to Boys Don't Cry like breakthrough on the scene in 1999 she wins best actress then she's in The Gift um The Affair of the Necklace I don't know what that is uh Insomnia The Core Yo, uh, The Core Dude The Core uh fast forward a couple years later Million Dollar Baby where she wins That's, best actress yeah. and that wins best picture. That movie is like a parody of itself. If you guys have seen a uh, million dollar baby lately, uh, it has not aged great. Haven't seen ever. Um, you're, it literally has, you know, the um, bit, I think it was in a scary movie or something like that where uh, she like is in the ring and then she trips over and then falls and like breaks her neck on the chair. Cool. What if I told you that's exactly what happens in the movie Million Dollar Baby? And it's very dramatic. And yeah, shocking. it's it's like the it's very melodramatic. Then Freedom um, Riders, Black Dahlia, Freedom Riders, P.S. I Love You, and then it just kind yeah. of falls off a fucking cliff. New Year's and she's Eve. just not in any. Yeah, well, she's what is that? 
New Year's Eve. It's like a rom-com. One of those big ensemble Oh, uh, okay. I don't know what happened to it. And then she popped up again, Logan Lucky. Yeah, great movie. Uh, I've heard great movie. But, I'll ride for that movie all day. But the thing is, like, what, she was literally, like, the A-lister. People were like, she's going to be the next Meryl. We hey. thought that she was just going to be in our life for the next, like, 20-plus years. And then kind of Kate Blanchett came onto the scene in the late 2000s. Mm. And just kind of took that mantle from her. And like they started, I feel like Kate Blanchett kind of started getting a lot of the roles that Hillary Swank was up for. There just, there just it, aren't a ton to go around. What if Hillary Sl- Swank was Lydia Tarr? Does it work? No. No yeah, way. Same. Uh, Steve Soderbergh uh, produced Insomnia. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. And yeah. like, it didn't it say the Clooney bag? Yeah, he shared yeah, the title Clooney. card. I did see the Clooney. He shares a title card with George Clooney. So I don't know. Sometimes you get like a newcomer like Nolan being propped up by yeah. a little bit of a more established. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of I mean, it's fucked with uh, Memento. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That happens like all the time. Like, look at uh, the the three guys who produced Whiplash. Like it was um, Jason Reitman. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> who was it it's like it's three incredible producers and stuff like that they're just trying to find like the next big guy prop up. yeah swank she i've heard good things about the homesman with uh tommy lee jones that was like a little movie from a couple of years ago um then she does a netflix movie called i am mother <laughs> and then the hunt i am mother oh i um, remember the hunt that was one of those like big COVID, like yeah. as the pandemic was. It was happening. like, dude, this is like actually the poor is gonna eat the rich. Um, or the rich is gonna eat the poor. But yeah, I I think she's talented and I would love for her to have a comeback. Um, because you know, Hollywood is historically, you know, not very kind to women as they age. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that Putting it she could have had a better <laughs> she could have had a better career. Yeah. I mean, she got her two Oscars, but I would like to see her make a comeback. Um, Great. When, what time, like when in 2002 did this get released? I was trying to find it. I think early. Oh, was this early on? Summer. Oh yeah, May. Okay. That's a weird. It is. It feels like it should be a fall release, but I don't know. Have you guys like looked at the 2002 uh, release schedule in November and December for whatever reason for fun recently because it is insane. It makes sense why they would just push this to be a summer movie for like oh, Spider-Man. one trying to make money. No, okay, so I this is just starting Star first Wars. week of uh, November. Um, Santa Claus 2, Punch Drunk Love is uh, November 1st. Oh, the end November of the 8th, 8 Mile. November 15th, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Oh, November yeah. 22nd, Die Another Day, Friday After Next. Um, November 27th, Eight Crazy Nights, which was a huge fucking hit. Solaris, Treasure Planet. Let's go. Um, Hold on, wait. December is even more nuts, though. Analyze that December 6th, Equilibrium Adaptation Empire. December 13th, Drumline, The Hot Chick, Star Trek Nemesis, About Schmidt. We used to be December 18th, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. December 19th, Antoine Fisher and 25th Hour. December 20th, Gangs of New York, Two Weeks Notice, The Wild Thornberries Movie. December 25th, Catch Me If You Can. December 27th, Chicago, The Hours, and The Pianist. Oh my God. (laughs) It's literally, a lot of that is due to, like, we, a lot of it's due to what we talked about, like, last week or week before about 9-11 because things got everything pushed. got pushed that was supposed to come out in 2001 to 2002 mm-hmm. but like 9-11 that is the original covid yeah <laughs> <laughs> what was worse really come on yeah, covid was like uh, come 14 on. 9-11 here's the thing is like 9-11 like yeah a lot Co- more COVID people died was like a thousand <laughs> 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 
Jesus Christ. And you guys want me to fucking recognize your little yeah. holiday every year? <laughs> Never forget every every day of every year I mourn. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was just nuts. I was looking at that the other day because I don't remember what I was looking at some movie that was a 2002 release, and I was like, "Holy hell!" The amount of movies that were all coming back, which now in hindsight, with COVID, people are just going to stretch it out a couple years. Like the problem with last year was that people were wanting to stretch out their movies for too long. And that's why Top Gun Maverick just dominated the box office for uh -huh. three months. Cause and now this nothing year, else came out. I mean, look at the past month. Yeah, like exactly. Scream. Uh, Shazam is coming. John Wick is coming. Um, Dr. Strange, which or not Dr. Strange, Ant-Man, which is a bad it's a bad movie for marvel standards as far as finances but still over a hundred million dollar grossing movie like oh two oh two is nuts, nuts. yeah it was a crazy fucking you didn't year. even you didn't even mention like lilo and stitch oh yeah minority report well i didn't even look at the earlier on in the year signs yeah, it's it's an insane scooby-doo dude scooby-doo rules um they should born identity waited. they should have waited the first for max born film yeah so bummed about that. Yeah, unfortunately. People got fucked. Yeah, I uh I don't know. This movie is it's it's interesting because I do think you guys are right that like with something like Tenet or even Dark Knight Rises, I think that both of those movies are arguably least less successful in what they're trying to do, but they're trying to do something. And this movie is just kind of it's like so it's it's trying to be a seven out of ten like that's it's it's for exactly. what it's aiming for is yeah. just like lower and it's a bummer and because i think it we could very easily could be better i think that we i want to do a do-over with this movie because i think that if we just get a better writer in there we get a better cast in there then this suddenly like what if david fincher makes this movie in 2023 <sighs> That shit would rule. You know this it's would in, go it's so in like, hard. It's in black and white. Yeah. And it's, it's starring Gary it's Oldman. It's starring Mank, yeah. <laughs> Mank is actually hunting down Mank. And instead of, instead of insomnia, it's about alcoholism. Honestly, that would rule. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Insomnia, but every character is Mank. Um, so, yeah, overall... What else do we want to say about this movie? It is... It is, it uh, is Cage of Gories. I know. I, I, I want to say, generally, you're right. I don't... I don't hate this movie. I just, I dislike movies that to me are not bad or not good. Mm -hmm. And to me that that's an overall negative. So for that reason, to me, I, I wouldn't recommend this movie. I like, think I'm, I'm kind to Nolan. I think he's just one of those guys. Yeah. That I'm just like, I just like all his movies and I appreciate the tone that he goes for. And yeah, this, I would probably say this is probably his weakest movie, but he starts a run here that is unprecedented and it that run doesn't happen if this movie is bad yeah this movie has to work for I that know. run to happen and he does a like he is the best part of the movie he does a good job of directing it yeah. like i said he lets pacino cook um a lot more long shots of like an actor acting than i've seen in any other nolan movie mm -hmm. where he he is just He's letting the camera run because Pacino is in a space where no one can say shit to him. He didn't sleep for he, like seven days. <laughs> he's just like Pacino. That's one thing about him at this point, even if he's past his prime and sometimes like kind of making you laugh, he, no one can tell him no mm -hmm. to anything. So that's good overall. It's good when actors enter this space because that they're able to make like weird choices. 
he is making bizarre choices throughout this movie. And some of them really, really work because he is playing a guy who's like zonked out of his fucking mind. Um, so when the movie tracks, it it works. It's just it's just missing that special sauce, I think. Yeah, I I do think but like it's missing it overall. But I do think that there are great moments in here. Mm-hmm. Even there's like some of the corny stuff did work for me, like the fucking shithead boyfriend, Randy. I love that guy. That guy is like straight up out of just like the uh, greaser boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like he's straight up a character from Twin Peaks right yeah. there. Like that is just like really just like <laughs> I love him. I love the best friend who's trying to fuck Al Pacino yeah. in the car whenever they're together. <laughs> yeah, and it's like and such it's like a bitch that leads to he is so ugly. <laughs> It leads to uh, like the only true Pacinoism in the film where um, where he goes, it's, he takes her to the dump. And he says, this is where your best friend's naked body was found wrapped up in garbage bags. <laughs> that dump, that dump scene was good. It was it's so, great. That was, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I was like, all right, now we're awake now. We got to go. I wanted more. It's, if, if this movie wanted to be cool, the way that he would deal with insomnia is by doing cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, just embrace it. Just like, go gen- for it. Genuinely. Yeah. That that's a that would be a great. No, we we said we said when um when they were in the ferry together uh and they were like (laughs) facing each other, I was like, this is a try not to do coke challenge. (laughs) Robin and Al just both just like (laughs) fiending for coke. I think maybe the problem was that Nolan actually like replaced all of their all of the cocaine backstage with like barbiturates, so now they're just like sleepy out there sleepwalking through their seats. It is it is an all time nose matchup between the two. Oh yeah, great! Like that shot. That shot. It's a silhouette shot. They're facing each other. It's like damn. I mean, Robin is Robin is upstaging him. Obviously, his nose has never been bigger. It's it's on. It's It's so big. Why wasn't that the poster? The silhouette of their two noses is oh, <laughs> each other. Touching. Where's Letterboxd with the alternate posters? Can we have that one? I was like looking a fan-made one? The only other good one was uh, Pacino in the Fog. That's what the Blu-ray cover is. The Blu-ray that I have is uh, Pacino, yeah. in the fro- Pacino in the Fog. See, I, I kept saying this when we watched the movie, and like the Fog is a metaphor for his state of mind. Because his mind <laughs> <Cool>. is fogged. <laughs> You know, it's very deep. Chris Nolan's a talented filmmaker. It's <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Ernest, kept, I can't. He, he kept Ernest, doing you're, this you're making this sound. You're making my opinion of this worse <laughs> by saying this. He was like the he was like the dead dog is a metaphor for the dead girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was saying no. I said it's a metaphor for the dead partner that he yeah. killed. <laughs> partner no um, um it's just and i i think that you were right hunter that such a key misstep in this script is the information about um his like his internal affairs shit becoming so important when it's not treated as important so you are straight up confused for yeah. a lot of the movie i had to rewind the scene because i was like i feel be. like this is important yeah and i'm not paying attention you know right sometimes now. you just gotta let things go you just gotta Jesus be like, you know what? Christ. I'm confused. Whatever. See, I so this is the problem with just Tenet. Vibe. I know. This I is why Tenet say. is not a good movie. <laughs> just every scene, Hunter's rewinding. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, that you're not gonna. Get well, nowhere, actually, buddy. it made sense to me whenever I was. Yeah, rewinding, rewinding it. it you're yeah. like, oh, oh that's it. I you can, know I can been, see the the scene now. You know what I've been doing recently is um, I'm playing God of War and I like fall asleep while I'm playing. So I'm like, obviously, I can't. I can't I can't move my hands on the controller if I'm like asleep, right? So I turn it off and I put on Tenet. And uh the other night I was watching like the final battle 
And I was like, I have no idea what's happening how, in this. Like, how who, often do you watch Tenet? How just often in the do you past fire week, it up? Just okay. in the past week, it just started. I just decided that this was something I was going to do. Because it's it's Nolan season, baby. We got to get hype for Oppenheimer. Let's go. So uh, <laughs> I'm watching Tenet. And I'm like, I don't understand like who these guys are. Like, why are they fighting each Doesn't other? matter. It does not matter. <laughs> They're just moving backwards. And it's cool. Tenet. I remember <laughs> the important things about Tenet, which is it looks it looks cool it's a vibe it's yeah. it's stupid as hell um bob patty and and uh washington are cool they're so I, cool i think that they're cool um i think it's i still i don't care what anybody says that movie thinks that it's smarter than it is yeah um, it def- and that's, no that's correct that's kind of my problem with care. a lot of nolan stuff is at least like if you're gonna be dumb just be dumb be fucking john wick just punch each other like that's cool i fucking love john wick we'll talk about that later on about the new john wick movie which i think fucking rules but like i don't i don't want you to like pretend like you are like high class art when you can just be dumb and that's fine i want you like call a spade a spade I, um, yeah, I don't know if Nolan will ever quick, reach that Quick level. Nolan check-in. Where are you guys at? What is what is your Nolan rankings, your top five? I mean, Prestige. Prestige is always number prestige one. Prestige number one. That's correct. Uh, that is the I, correct answer. I am waiting for the moment to rewatch that this year. It's going to happen. Dark Knight is always going to be my number one. I can't Yeah, that's, that's two. That's um, two for me. I feel like I need to rewatch Dark Knight. I have it four. I think it's because it became like kind of too too important there was like a period of time where it was like the number one movie on like yeah IMDb that's that's the thing is you have to drown like, out the noise well that's like, not that yeah, it, um. for a while and it also just it took off during a crucial period of reddit growing and yeah. and reddit was just wildly obsessed yeah. with it i mean um, that movie that's an incredible movie but it's yeah it's phenomenal it it i also you know i obviously i saw it in theaters at like a crucial point in life the exact year that you would want to see that right. movie is when you're 13. Yeah. Also yeah, the absolutely. hype, the hype building up to it. Yeah. Unbelievable. Then I have Dunkirk. Dunkirk I, two. Big... I have Dunkirk three on mine. <laughs> I love no, no, Dunkirk. No, 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 three. Oh, you have Dunkirk. Prestige, at three. Dark Knight, Dunkirk. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. I also have Dunkirk at three. Dunkirk fucking rules. It's so good. Dunkirk is a movie where it's just like, there is no plot. So Nolan can't get in his own way. <laughs> and I kind of like that. Yeah. Like, it's just like, man, this movie is it's just visceral. Um, yeah. Rules. I have Memento at number two. You know what? Need to I rewatch Memento. Love Memento is a movie that it's it's convoluted, but like it's kind of the best version of that because there isn't like a lot of extra noise happening around the actual plot itself, and the plot itself is like pretty straightforward. It's just like cut it's copy cut and just pasted around so then you have to put the puzzle pieces together. But I think that that is the best version of the like putting the pieces of the puzzle together outside the prestige of course because the prestige is the whole thing of the prestige is kind of the illusion the uh illusion illusionary aspects of it yeah um i need to rewatch interstellar to be honest i'm just gonna say my my full list so number one prestige dark knight dunkirk inception at four i love inception batman begins interstellar memento tenet Dark Knight Rises, Insomnia following. Yeah, mine is Prestige 1, Memento 2, Dunkirk 3, Dark Knight 4, Batman Begins 5, Inception, Interstellar. I need to rewatch both of those, to be honest. And then I think he does have a clear bottom three, at taking out the following, um, just because that is like a micro-budget film. I think it's Dark Knight Rises, Insomnia, Tenet, in some yeah. order, is the bottom three. Yeah, checks out. Checks out. 
Uh, I have Mank at number one. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> number two, Mank. I don't. I don't. I don't have rankings. You fucking dorks. No. Um. I somebody is not a letter. I'll just say I. I appreciate. Patron. I appreciate the full Nolan. Um. Like I, I. Yeah. Well, I appreciate when he was just the most in his bag, which is like the you know Dark Knight, Inception, Interstellar era. Like such a run. Those oh those are awesome movies. They're really yeah. They're dumb as hell. Um. It doesn't matter. I I like they're just. There wasn't and isn't anyone else making anything like that because you have to have free reign. Mm -hmm. You you have to have free reign and you have to be directing and writing for those movies to work. Yeah. And there are only like 10 people who have that right now with that budget. Yeah. He's making these movies for so much money. They're original scripts. Like, that's cool. Um, there's been a sort of a relitigation of Interstellar that I appreciate. I rewatched it recently. It 4K. It's it, well, it's because people Ooh. realize that love transcends time. It does. And yeah. uh, one just like I don't know. We've realized the alternative in terms of like big budget space movies. Big, yeah. Well, and big budget original storytelling too. It just kind of feels like uh, yeah, probably, such a gem to hold on to. Probably Matthew McConaughey's best performance. It's just he's incredible in that movie. It, yeah. it just becomes an issue of it. It's almost like an M Night thing. Although Nolan has obviously cashed his you know, his potential check more than M Knight has. But it's like if if you're, you know, seeing his early career and you're holding him up as the next guy, which Nolan wants to be, obviously. Mm -hmm. He wants to be known as a great filmmaker. Um, you're going to want to point out all the flaws in his movies. Cause there are really right. blatant, glaring flaws Every that he time. has not repaired. Yeah. Um usually are script related things yeah and that's and that's kind of it makes it funny that we're like the most critical thing about insomnia is that he didn't write the script i wish so he it's wrote like, it, it damned if me, you do damned if you don't kind of thing it really like it made me it made me appreciate his writing more because there is there is more of a floor to it I, i'm not counting like dunkirk and tenet because those like i said those have a different style to me right yeah. um where he's weirdly it tenet is is such a mess because he's like he's willing to to loosen his grip in certain areas and then not in the most complicated ways. And it's like, you need to, if ever there were a movie for you to explain more, yeah. it would be this one. Well, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's why I'm so curious about Oppenheimer. Well, this like, is, it looks like it's going to be an Oscar movie. Like well, he's trying to almost do like I, a biopic. I think it's going to be, yeah, I think it's going to be more like Dunkirk flavored where, uh, less dialogue than your average Nolan. Like Dunkirk would, you know, really, you well, think it's going to be it, less, but here's well, the thing, I think it's going to be more, I think that it actually yeah, could I, be a decent amount of dialogue, but I think it's going to be his most down the middle. No. Movie. Yeah. I guess I shouldn't say dialogue. I, I should say less plot, like less, less, mm big events like it's going it's going well to, he sets off a nuclear bomb i don't know if you know it's, that it's also a that's biopic who, it's is. a biopic about a real person there's not gonna be i'm sure he, he'll find a way but it, there doesn't seem to be any big sci-fi time warping elements we'll see what he can do to <laughs> like, re reinvent the Oppenheimer it, it's story. gonna have to be more grounded than fucking tenet like yeah. the yeah. only comparison is Dunkirk. in his recent yeah in his recent yeah. like two decades is Dunkirk uh but I feel like it's going to be smaller scale even though by the end a nuke will go off <laughs> you know what I mean yeah because I think a lot of it's going to be him in you know the Manhattan Project in a in a bunker designing this shit and like becoming death destroyer of worlds um will that be good I hope I'm not I'm sure I'm be. not 100 sure it's going to be amazing yeah I'm not because you know. It, it might be, be mid, a thing where it just, be mid -tier. yeah, it could just be like a thing where it's like, ah, man, it's Nolan. Like he's still, he's, it might be a thing where like, maybe he isn't good at playing the game. If he does like 
sand down his edges a little bit too much. I, I don't want him to do maybe that. Maybe we'll watch and yeah, maybe we'll watch and wish that it were more like convoluted. Seriously, I, like y- genuinely, yeah. because I've I've truly come to appreciate how like insane his his writing and plot structures are because it's just like why not like have yeah. your fun write like a stupid little puzzle and i'll watch it you know um I will i don't know if he can do that with the, with the story of robert oppenheimer i don't think that that's in the cards i just i just wonder what the the in is for him because Tenet seemed like a passion project. Like Tenet seemed like he'd been building his entire career to make this weird fucking idea of a movie. He makes it. He exits Warner Brothers, goes to Universal. Is Universal telling him like, hey, we'll let you make whatever you want, but it has to be like something more grounded or does he just get to do whatever he wants and he picks this i think he, i think I he think gets he, kind of carte blanche yeah like honestly i think yeah. that he is probably i mean outside of like the legacy directors so your spielbergs your ridley scott's uh james cameron's i think that he has more free reign than any other director in hollywood yeah because the thing is even tenet that movie was released in the height of the pandemic and it made over a hundred million dollars. I think it's like stupid as fuck. It ended up kind of, it didn't like make money. It kind of, I feel like ended up being sort of a wash. I haven't checked the finances on that recently, but um, yeah, I, I, I think that's this outside of tenant, all of his movies are deeply successful no matter how fucking weird they are. So, um, so he apparently, according to Wikipedia, he already had, uh, this project in mind as his next project yeah i so I, he went around to the studios and he was like this is the movie i'm making next yeah. will you buy it? he's i mean he's obviously very interested in like world war ii era history as many middle-aged men on the spectrum british are. Yeah. british <laughs> he is a british man yeah um so yeah it's it's got that bag and also what if here's here's my pitch it's it's sort of like you know how like every uh, filmmakers movie is really a movie about filmmaking this movie is about him making tenet oh my god tenet is the, the nuclear bomb i am tenet destroyer films that's he, so funny yeah he made the movie to end all movies uh, what if uh it's actually like the nuclear bomb is going to explode uh and destroy the the film of barbie so he destroys his competition oh my god uh, Gary Oldman is returning as Mank in in Oppenheimer. In, in Oppenheimer, yeah, it's he's a crossover. Oh my god, that's thank God. Yeah, yeah. a co-pro between him and Fincher. He was involved with the nuke, <laughs> <laughs> like, but not like not David Fincher, like Fincher's dad who uh, wrote Mank. No, Gary Oldman actually is in the movie. You guys want to guess who he plays? Um, Albert did, Einstein. Did you just read it? No, I did screen? not. I did not see is it. Albert it. Einstein. No, oh. is he uh, a president? You did read it. Didn't no, you? I didn't. Is he FDR? Truman. Truman. Oh, he's Truman. Oh, that makes I, no FDR. That would be bad casting, especially because it's the wrong Roosevelt. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's the wrong one. It's Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> DiCaprio well, you know, gets Leonardo's, to play all Roosevelt's. <laughs> Leonardo kind of looks like uh, Gary Oldman's grandfather. So, no, so I, that what happens in Oppenheimer is the nuke sets off like a string of portals. And then different presidents <laughs> enter through the portals. And we all clap when uh, Teddy Roosevelt, Leonardo DiCaprio, enters through the yeah. portal. That's definitely. D- Daniel Day-Lewis Lincoln comes through the, the crowd. Like, yeah! <laughs> 
Oh my God, is that is that J. Edgar Hoover? <laughs> it's Paul Giamatti as John Adams. Yeah, <laughs> is, is that John Goodman as William Howard Taft? <laughs> Just, Jesus just fucking Christ. audience just fucking weeping <laughs> like years of payoff. Is that Lin-Manuel Miranda as Alexander Hamilton? Oh, my God. Donald Trump just dropkicked Hillary Clinton out of the screen. <laughs> oh, man. Is that Gary oh, Oldman as Barack Obama? <laughs> Listen, he's versatile. He's a versatile actor. Do that. Um, Listen, he's, when, he played a black guy in True Romance. No one wants to talk about this. Uh, well. <laughs> I'll talk about it. Um, I have one last note about the film Insomnia that we're still talking about. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, one of the moments that's like, it's so bad that I love it is uh, Kay's partner at the detective, like the detective agent guy who's like bad in the entire movie. And then he goes to the bar at the very end. And he's like, who has two thumbs and loves blowjobs? This guy. That was insane. It was like, where, what happened? Did that guy, did that actor just come up with that? He's like, he invented that. Chris, Chris, I, I, have, I have an idea for this scene. Just yeah, let me cook. You just have to keep it in and, the movie. And Chris is just like, I don't care. <laughs> I, know. I just want to go make my Batman movie. Yeah. Can it we was, please rap pro? It was this? so out of place. It, it was no su it was such an O2 moment. I think that's what you said in the like when we watched it, Ernie. It's like it's as if he had just been like, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> It's the same energy. I as just that. looked up Gary Oldman True Romance and what oh, the fuck? Bro, those dreads. I've never oh, seen this movie. Good. This is insane. Holy shit. No one is talking. It's like, it honestly, well, it's the he same energy as Jared Leto and Panic Room, where it's like, what are you, what are you That's doing? Right Oldman now? also plays a little person in uh in that in uh tiptoes the the movie with uh matthew mcconaughey where like he, he, listen he's one of our most versatile actors that we have he literally is just always like behind oh something. no <laughs> no you haven't seen that? oh my god oh it's another 2002 release i i want to we should i should have put this in the, in the pot well, oh my god insane. what is this? can we watch tiptoes is this why it's, is there peter dinklage on there uh, guys, Peter dinklage defends tiptoes <laughs> Listen, it's so it's a rom drum oh, from the, from the early 2000s. Oh, no. uh, Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey and Kate Beckinsale are like a couple and he goes to meet her or I think yeah, he goes to meet her family and she's like, "Yeah, there's just this one thing. My family is all little people." And like the whole movie is just about that and he's like, "I can't believe you didn't tell me this. Like I was going to have kids with you." Like he's like uh, yeah, he's like oh, upset about it. Gary Oldman is playing a little person. Patty, Patty um, Arquette. The way that they work it around is Gary Oldman is usually just like behind a bar or something. So he's just <laughs> so he's like just on, on his literally knees. on his knees. He's doing like the, the sneakers on but knees there's like that wide, you do when you're a kid. There's like wide shots. So he's just like kneeling down completely. Yes. That's so um, funny. The, oh my the, God. Oh, fuck. The trailer is, is the craziest thing you'll ever see in your life. There's it's like so a cool. shot of him sitting on a couch. And he's definitely like buried into yeah, the he's couch. Like, with yeah, fake his legs, legs are under the couch. And oh, the, yeah, you can see on the. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> he looks like Kermit the Frog. He looks like a Muppet. He looks like a Muppet. Yeah, just, it is so fucking funny. This is fucked up. They made this. We gotta watch this film. We we gotta we, we gotta need to talk we need to bring this. back. Uh, we need to bring back the early 2000s. Yeah, <laughs> they just got away with everything. Mm -hmm. The woke mob shut down the ability for Gary Oldman to play a door. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. He is he has played a different races. He has played <laughs> <laughs> he has played different heights. He has played different weights. 
he uh, played different things, different ages, he different played, decades, different manks. Yeah, different manks. What can he not do? I think he might be Hermes versatile actor. Gary Oldman series next. I think he definitely thinks he is. The funniest thing, man, a Gary Oldman series series would be so funny because it's just like, man, I really like the twelve minutes of screen time that he had in this movie. Yeah, you you never want Gary Oldman as your lead unless he's Mank. That's the only time that you want Gary Oldman as your lead. Mm-hmm. I hope that we don't say the same thing about Cillian Murphy <laughs> and Oppenheimer. Hey, we love Peaky. I love I love a good Peaky Blinder. You know what? I hope that that movie's good just because we've only now talked about two Nolan movies on this podcast and they've been Tenet Insomnia, mm-hmm. two of like bottom tier no, Nolan we talk, movies. We talked about Dunkirk like early on. Did we? Like, that was like one of the first episodes. Oh, there. okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So I guess we did talk about one good Nolan, but yeah. For the most part, we're kind of sticking on like the worst parts of Nolan. All right, let's get to cage the cage cores. Cores. Okay, um, we barely talked about Robin Williams this episode. There's not um, what there's is the talk best about, Robinism? <sighs> is there even? I like one? that it's implied that he uh, has sex with child. I think. Um, I think I liked his monologue when he finally at least like gets you know talks about the fucked up shit he did yeah it no or whenever he is that the same time where he's just like listen it happened it was an it was an accident with hap just like it was with k oh yeah that part yeah i like uh, yeah i I like his monologue where he's like yeah like it you know it's it's not it's not like the doing it that fucks you up it's like the fact that it's been done he's like it's an awareness you know know what i like I'll, i'll go with the interrogation scene at the interrogation the, uh, scene rules at that's, the cop, yeah. the, the, at the police station. Cause like that scene is, uh, it's a nice little kind of double flavor of, you know, that he's guilty, but he's doing the Robin, a little bit of the Robin thing to yeah. fool the cops. Yeah. Into he's, thinking he's, he's busting out the charm in yeah. that scene, so but like, you know, he busts out like all his impressions. <laughs> yeah. You're like, ah, this guy, <laughs> <laughs> he does a great impression of a hot dog. No, you're yeah. Like there, there are scenes where he shines, but most of the time he literally is just like, can't sleep. eh? he's like, also just not sucks. in the movie enough. Yeah. yeah. Those phone calls suck shit. They're trying to do the starling, have the lamb stop screaming yet. And they're failing so hard. It just doesn't. Cause end. he's not scary. Yeah. Um, bummer. That's so, moment in the movie. In the whole movie, yeah, probably the chase scene, the, the log, logs. yeah, the yeah. Logs. Well, just in terms of like um, actual good moment, yeah, that's that, a great. That whole scene. sequence, it's is well directed, really great, really fun. Also, as a runner up, the fog, the the initial fog, yeah, yeah, and running on the 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 jagged rocks. Al Pacino oh, yeah. definitely had a stunt double for the ankle shots of running <laughs> on those rocks. I, that, some those low shots and it's, that's not well, him. And this to me is where Nolan like gets Batman. You know what I mean? Because there isn't a ton of action in this. A lot of the time he's just shooting a, a no, flat noir movie. But yeah. the the end sequence, which could be pretty boring because yeah. like it's not like a bunch of tension has been built mm-hmm. for us to care. But I thought it was really well shot. The action of... It, it looks very cool. You you get a good sense of location of where they are in, yeah. in the Shot cabin in Alaska. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. they're up in the cabin and then, they you know, she falls underneath into the water. Like, yeah. that's a good sequence. It's really well directed uh, and it proves that he can play with money. You know, what yeah, I mean? that that final, is that final call. sequence of like the the house on the lake. They built all that. It looks like um, makes. Yeah, that, yeah, it makes sense. It, yeah, that's that was all really well done. Yeah, um, it looks great. I like all that. I like the inclusion of the dogs and everything there is just like that as like a, a, a just a, an alarm for him to like hear that somebody else is coming up. That was mm-hmm. all really cool. I do love the sequence 
of the interrogation scene into like Al Pacino, like he's like, I got to get out. So he like races over to the kid Randy's house and is like trying to find the heater. And then the cops are coming in. And so he has to hide in the bathroom and, and everything. And That's a great scene. I like, like that whole he's sequence. He's like half asleep the yeah. whole time. Like, also, like <laughs> those cops are bad. The first thing that you should do if you go into a house is you open up all the closed doors to see if somebody's there the with a gun to kill right you. There. They like they, they literally find, they find a gun in a vat of oil before they, <laughs> before open, they open the, the door. door. I thought so, at least like are sneak you, out through a window or something like that. Like those cops are terrible. No wonder they have to like ship the, yeah. in detectives I, from the mainland. That's like, another that's, thing we were talking about a lot. It's just piss poor cops. At one point. Um, they're too busy getting blowjobs well, and having two thumbs, man. I don't know what you want. Pacino calls the station just as like a random number. He calls the police station. He's like, uh, hey. you know, Detective Hillary Swank, please. Like, they don't know who's calling. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, actually, she just went out. She's going to the cabin to. Uh, that uh, I got to I got to go. Why would you just tell anyone? And he just hangs up. <laughs> I, I gotta that go is, see. I gotta go see about just it. giving all of the information to just whoever the Fucking, hell calls this. In. This movie is a cab. <laughs> um, Pacino grumbling like yeah. random things, uh, half yes. asleep. I was, I, I was, uh, That's a- I was right. By the way, they shot in in British Columbia, yeah. which makes sense. The it it makes the most sense on earth to me that this was based on like a oh, so not actually in in Alaska. No, they did. They, they, it was a mix, but oh. it, it makes sense that yeah, they did actually. You're right, but um. It, it makes so much sense to me that this is based on a Scandinavian movie because uh, uh, former roommates of the pod, Nate and Nikki, they they for some reason watch a ton of movies that like net, Netflix has a stranglehold on Scandinavian movies yeah. right now. <laughs> and they all look like this where it's like there will be a location that's just like gorgeous, like tree covered mountains and then just like one cabin in the middle of it. And it's like, does that guy have a permit? <laughs> Like, does he own what tract of land does he owned? Like, how does that There's work? There's no road. You can't. Yeah. You can't I, just like live there. I have <laughs> seen, you know, it's like in fucking Bicentennial, man, when he's yeah. just like on the beach. Yeah. It's just like, I don't think you can just a, live there. Own the beach. That's why there's I, a lot of murder in Scandinavia. So yeah. I, I've been doing this thing. I don't know why this is like a new thing that Guy and I will do whenever we're just like doing something in like the background. We just put on YouTube videos of like guys building cabins. Nice. Hell yeah. Of just like 45 minutes of just like a guy building a cabin. Like usually just some good lumber being put and on the there. Video, there's the always like a dog entire, that's just running around. The, the video is the entire process. Like by yeah. the end there's no cabin at the beginning. And yeah, then and then he just there's a full cabin. on cabin wow. at the end. And then sometimes there's a second video that's then them doing the inside. Um, mm-hmm. I like yeah. the exterior personally. More. Oh, yeah. No, but a lot of times there's like, yeah, we just found this spot and we're just going to on the mountainside and we're just going to build this cabin here. It's like, well, do you own this land or did you just like find a place in the Appalachian Mountains? And you're like, all right, time to squat up. This you, is my you, land. Right are you going to get power out there? <laughs> just, yeah, you're like fully off the grid, like off the yeah. grid, off the grid. Like you don't own any of this. What, I don't know if you can do that. <laughs> I think you're allowed to do that. What's what's next? Uh, what would you do, fellas? W.I.D. <laughs> who, who am I? You're the innkeeper. You are Randy. <laughs> you're Randy the boyfriend. How have oh, we not oh, talked they, about the oh my famous God. innkeeper Listen, character? here's the thing. You're either born in Alaska or you come to Alaska to get run away from something. I, I wasn't, I wasn't born, born here. Whoa. It's like, bitch, what did you do? So did she, <laughs> did her and Al fuck that night? Is that implied? No, he does confess to that a murder. That was so weird. But he, then look, he just she, walks into her bedroom. No, 
Well, the, yeah, no, she just walks into his bedroom, but then you see the next morning she's sleeping in his bed. That's his bed? Yeah, that's in his bed. Oh, hey, no. That was not clear. So, again, he, you got to cast someone hotter. Yeah, like, I'm not at, buying that. Now. Um, <laughs> the, it, it, it's a stupid ass fucking character. Also, the inn, no blackout curtains. You know where you are. Yeah. yeah the inn has always been in Alaska. They're 100% our blackout curtains. It is so bright <laughs> all the time. Like, he's right to be like tripping out and covering his windows and shit. Would, like, I, she's like, oh, yeah, we've never had that issue before. Like, what? Here's the thing in Al's defense, like, the lack of circadian rhythm would fuck me yeah, up. Yeah, it would, so it would hard. ruin like, that your would, shit. I could not. Well, especially, I mean, this would suck and would be annoying, but blackout curtains could at least give you a little bit of that simulation it's like it's when the it's worst winter curtain for, i've ever seen yeah it's like the thinnest it's basically like a piece yeah. of paper up there whenever it's like dark for four months out of the year i would just straight up want to kill myself like i could not survive up there where it's just dark all the time yeah mm -hmm. uh, listeners on a, on of the pod walk. who live in the darkness i i'm sorry yeah. <laughs> you try to go on a walk and it's just like i hated it's just daylight i living in florida i hated getting off of work at six o'clock and it was dark outside yeah, so i'm I like thank god it's at least say, daylight savings time I, I genuinely can't even handle that without becoming very depressed yeah, like, like, <laughs> so it would fuck me up and like i said al is playing things more more true to life than maybe he should because he is just he's like it's like he's on like yeah. uh pills the whole maybe movie. if you're if you're hillary swank and you're doing your best to do this job you know to just be a good cop and this guy comes in fucking fucking shit up killing his partner like you know maybe you call his supervisor that's the thing he's so because he's tired he is so <laughs> no. obviously sus the whole movie yeah he'll just <laughs> literally just she'll be like hey look i found this piece of evidence he's like ah uh, anyway uh i gotta go no, the funny the way that he talks the he to leaves, the <laughs> i gotta see I the way it was always made me laugh whenever you hear it like twice the internal affairs cop like calls Al and like Al very clearly just murdered this guy and he's just like I know what you did I know what you did Al you gotta come through and he's like ah why are you even calling me here? <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? What is fucking like, of course you murdered him. Like you weren't even doing a good job of hiding it. Uh, what if, okay, so what are you doing? You're Randy. Uh, your the girlfriend's boyfriend. dead. Yeah. Uh, You're you, sleeping with her friend. Yeah, you were accused of murder. Everyone and think, now yeah, everyone you thinks, also know, Everyone like, thinks that I'm a piece of shit when my GF was fucking a predator. Yeah, but you were fucking her friend. Too. Yeah. This is literally Twin Peaks. This yeah. is quite literally <laughs> the plot of Twin Peaks yeah. that they just are also fully ripping off of and putting into this. What am I doing if I'm Randy? I don't know. Probably like not much. I don't like I'm I'm being less of an asshole. Right. He's he's way too much of a dick. He's, he's putting so a target sus. on his back. Yeah. If, yeah. Pacino should have just fully put it on him and he would have just been able to walk away, but he felt too bad. What if you're what if you're Pacino? If you're sleep deprived, you're trying to work well, on your face, I shoot your friend. Uh, you, what you're doing is you're being buried because he does die at the end of this movie, so, doesn't he? And it's it's worth mentioning. I like that he dies and I like that he tells Swank to like, he, he's like, no, like. You go, can't choose go, when you tell yeah, the he's truth. Like, he's like, let everyone know that I did it. Like, yeah. I think that's cool. I think that's, that was like a bit of good writing at the end. I do. Well, and another thing that I liked about that was that she has the choice to kind of do the same thing that Al mm -hmm. did. Yeah. Like she has the choice She's to kind of just, to. yeah, she like wants to. Yeah. And, and he, he has to talk her like, out of it. Oh no, don't, That's, don't lose, don't that, lose your edge or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Don't, don't lose your truth. Uh, well, that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> finally sleeps. 
that's the next category is what happens the day after. So she does Robin rise out of the lake as a zombie to exact his revenge? Probably. That's yeah. probably what happens, right? Yeah, probably. Zombie um, two um, return. She, yeah, it's pretty Robin. it's pretty cut and dry here because he's Robin's dead, Al's dead, and uh, the girl is dead. It's yeah. not like they have to find somebody. Right. Like it's just Swank is gonna do the right thing and like say be I like. Th- yeah. Does she stay around? I feel like she probably moves out of Alaska based on how bad yeah. the rest of the police force is. <laughs> I, I think everyone if no one should live there. Why are they living? No, there? she's called to uh, look at this case involving a um, Buffalo Bill of sorts. Okay, all right. Should we call up the French and see if like they have a refund policy? The French? Yeah, for Alaska. <laughs> like, can we sell Alaska back to them? Like, we don't want it anymore. Let's get rid of this. It's no longer part I mean, of the United Canada's States. Right there. Just give us Canada. Could we trade? Could we negotiate a trade where, like, we sell we we sell Alaska? That becomes its own thing, and we like buy Puerto Rico or something like that. It looks gorgeous. It's Por- just not what you expect with the whole <laughs> sun not going down thing. You mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Good Robin or bad Robin? Bad. It's not. I, I think that he doesn't do a great job. Yeah. I think that the script sucks for him not, in particular. Not great. He's the worst written part of the movie. Um, but he is also not even even given those lines that don't require him to dial it up. I think he still should have. And he didn't. Yeah, it's. I feel like we defend Robin a lot more than we did like Cage in the Cage series. Where we're like, it's bad. But yeah. like, you know, he's he's trying. But yeah, it's not good. It doesn't click. It's not a good Robin. Yeah. It doesn't work. Bad casting. Yeah. How um, many Robins out of 10? <sighs> for like how lovable he is? No, just um, either either or. So yeah, this is we we pick either the warmth or the crazy. We get neither. It's like yeah, it's like a two. It's, like a at two. Best. it's so low. It's yeah. so I, low. Honestly, this might be like a one. Is there anything warm or crazy about this? No. He's kind of like muted the entire time, so you aren't getting I mean, crazy. It, it would be and great he's if, like, if not, he was like a like an Anthony Hopkins situation. Yeah, he where should he just maybe the fucking the evil, that's the thing, bro. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Is like maybe so it can't be a one because the problem is that he's not so cold that he's unforgivable. Like he still has like the Robin effect. They're trying. To him. They're trying to make him human, and they yeah. shouldn't and just make him super evil. Or so if then, you're gonna make him human, then don't wait an hour into the movie for us to see him develop him more before it's, that. It's like so it's, you gotta choose one the, of those uh, things. The behind the scenes video on YouTube, a solid six, really, of him talking about his experience making the movie and cracking jokes for the cast and crew. That's great. <laughs> I'm really glad. I'm gonna nice. watch that. Finally, recaging couch. So the the recaging for Pacino because I was I was like off you, rip. You got it off rip. I was like, this is not a Pacino role. Yeah, this, it's not a 2002 Pacino no. role. I'm sorry, he is not. It's like a 1982. Yeah, Pacino he is not role. there. Um, I said Harry Ford, and it, that was who yeah, they went correct. for. It's yeah. a Harry Ford role. He's a detective. He's Harry Ford is inherently like trustable mm-hmm. and likable. Out, that's the Harry thing. Ford also Pacino is a tired face. Pacino is so sus and like fucked up looking that like you, I don't know, you don't see the the conflict in the way that you should. This should be a guy who has been clean cut until he did the internal affairs thing and now things are unraveling. Yeah, Pacino just seems like he's been a bad cop forever just yeah. by the way yeah. he looks. Also, they wanted to get Jonathan Demi to direct, which would have oh, just been... that would have ruled so hard. <laughs> no, but it would have just been Silence of the Lambs again. It would have been worse silence. I, no, but I mean, just Jonathan Demi, though, I feel like... I The thing is that I actually think it would have been less like Silence of the Lambs if Jonathan Demi was making it. Because okay. Jonathan Demi is again, 
he would have switched Jimmy's it up. incredible. He's not going to pay homage to an earlier movie that he made. Right. He's one of the best filmmakers that we have. That's probably why he didn't do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> no, but I, I feel like he would have twisted it more to make it. I think that if Jonathan Demi makes the movie, he fully embraces Robin as a charismatic figure, which that's the opposite direction is what we're saying of making him go full evil. But that's the direction that makes the movie better is like, what if it's the heat situation where like, I hope he gets away with it. That's that's the other way to take this, where it's like, man, I want to love this guy. Or and at I the very don't. least, like he should be. Yeah, he Robin should be more involved with the investigation and have more scenes where he's like charming all the cops because mm-hmm. that that would, think, that's a fun dynamic of Pacino being like, yeah, you fucking that girl. I do. Think <laughs> and all the other cops are like, hey, this guy's rocks. That's the way. And I feel like that might have been why there was the casting of Al Pacino and Robin Williams is because I think that there's a chance and I could be wrong here, but I feel like the reason that you cast those two people is because they wanted to make it so that like maybe we don't like Al Pacino, the cop, but we do like Robin Williams, the killer. And we end up like cheering more for the killer and getting yeah. more into his yeah. mind no, but than they, they, in the detective. But, they but the writing isn't good enough and to they actually could, They that. couldn't quite work around the fact that he did try to fuck a, hey, he did, he did, a teen. Try to fuck a child, and that's and not then great. she laughed at his dick, and he did kill her. So you know, listen, that's that's relatable, right? <laughs> um, I would I would love to see um because Harrison Ford, like he's a swag master, but he was still like pretty old. Oh yeah, too. this is like post fugitive. Like, I would he, I would love to see like a Colin Farrell in this role like oh man oh two colin farrell i feel like you need a little bit older we need like a a 2010 2012 colin farrell in that i don't know i I think he was so young and i think yeah he's like a baby i think colin farrell did enough drugs to like look convincingly (laughs) older and and you you need that level of like kind of sleaze to sell some of the parts of this character that are just like oh this guy will just fuck the random innkeeper in alaska uh and also like be creepy with the uh you know the the girl the best friend um i think farrell would knock it out of the park Robin, where is Colin Farrell in 2002? He did phone booth, dude. That's what, okay. Remember yeah, yeah, booth? yeah. No, he's too young in 02. He's to do so this. young. He's got to be like a little bit older, but he could play. I think he could play older. Um, the the Robin part needs to go to Kevin Spacey. Yes, and it's a runaway. Yeah, yeah it's I. K Space was the immediate person that came in 2002. He's he's come. He's already done Kaiser Soze. Mm-hmm. so it's like coming off of american he, beauty he is an excellent you voice know, actor you the phone from, calls are gonna be awesome from american beauty you know that he has a thing for young exactly young people you, yeah you buy him as a creep um, um it, and from real life you know that he has a thing for young people mm-hmm. um he would just and also like b- because this movie wants so hard to be like a noir like that's K space is really good at that he's really really good at like theatrical line delivery like he is that's his bag. Yeah, it's this is a, a movie for Cage. What, what about Cage? I think that there's a way. Also, if you're making this, <laughs> he needs to be Cage. the cop. Okay, he needs to. Have- I think so. If we're making this in 2020, yeah, no, he would he would kill it. Yeah, I think if you're making this in 2023, and I wouldn't have said this until the last two years, where this guy has kind of become more than one dimensional to me, but Bill Skarsgård. In the yeah. Robin role, because I think that he's actually able to do charismatic. Where I didn't yeah. know that he had that that in his bag until seeing any any of the, the stars guards couple. honestly you could what if alexander there. as al pacino <laughs> bill as robin and stellan and stellan as reprising uh, his role as 
He's um, like, hey, this just happened to me across the ocean. <laughs> this exact same thing. Stellan is the young, wide-eyed <laughs> detective. I mean, I'm curious about like the idea of putting more of like a comedian type in this role. Um, so not someone that immediately jumps off as like a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not a comedian, but I was thinking like maybe Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon could he could in the do, Robin role. Yeah, he could do like kind of creepy pedo. He, he says no. Of course, he says no. Yeah, in is, 02. Is the, the big issue. Yeah, I think I, I think he could do it. He, in he doesn't like playing bad guys. I mean, O two O two is the first born movie. He's going yeah. action movie star at this point. Um, I know he wouldn't do it, but I think he would. He would be good in it. But I mean. I don't know. It's it's tough to. What about slot. okay? What about this? I mean, this is again uh, a modern casting, not an O two casting. What about Bob Odenkirk in the Robin Williams role? Sure. Yeah, I can no, see that's it. Good. I think that that's like good. he's able to kind of because I like that. You know, Bob Odenkirk. If you like, you put him in the right makeup, and he, there's something really off putting about him, like about his his yeah. face and gene, his head shape, the gene makeup. Yeah, put from, him in the gene uh, makeup, and there you go. And it's like, oh no, he definitely touches thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any last thoughts on insomnia? I did want to read real quick. Our guy, Roger Ebert. Um, he said that unlike most remakes, the Nolan insomnia is not a pale retread, but a re-examination of the material like a new play. Wow. That like the original pro- must suck. Like a new production of a good play. <laughs> Who? What do you give it? It looks like he gave it. This is a two and a half star. Come on. Um. Where does he put his star ratings at the bottom? Did he, Did not, he not give it? He might have star? not given it. Oh, rating. three and a half stars. That's too high. Wow, Raj. Raj. So you gave three and a half star to Insomnia and one star to Death <laughs> to Smoochie. All right, Raj, I fucking see you. All right. It's just movies like this, especially now that they, they have an age well because they have the vibe of like every single yeah, per, major it, network procedural you can TV feel show. Feel how yeah. derivative it is in the moment, like as you're watching. Yeah, it. a lot of this is just like a Law and Order episode <laughs> or something. <laughs> what if okay, the cop is Mark Ruffalo and the Robin is Philip Seymour Hoffman? Honestly, that's yep. great. Place. man i love you can just literally put philip seymour hoffman into anything it's like oh yeah no yeah he could play both roles actually can mm-hmm. we have philip seymour hoffman in like a dual performance like a norbit situation that'd be so funny let's do it he's Come like on. you and i we're, we're similar the guy's like no we're not what are you talking about <laughs> it's like uh in what fucking is it is it prometheus or no it's a uh, um one of those fucking the new alien movies where there's two there's a um, Fassbender plays two characters and they're like, well, the same you and I. And he's just like, what? And they're clones of each other, but they're different. I I, I don't know. Listen, I didn't. Ernest has fully left the pod room at this point. I, I did think not. I did not fuck with that. Out yeah, you shouldn't ask insomnia. me about, about those movies. <laughs> I did not fuck with Prometheus at all. Um, sorry to our king Lindelof. But uh, man, it wasn't my vibe. That's fair. Stupid, uh, stupid movie. I. I don't know. This movie is like, it's one of those things where I kind of, it just, it feels, it feels old. Like as you're watching it, there's nothing inventive about it. There's nothing like whenever we're watching something like uh, Death of Smoochie or even One Hour Photo, you can see the craft and you can see the craft in this too. Like again, like there's Nolan, there's some performances that I think the performances are not atrocious it's more so just bad writing it's uninventive yeah it's derivative but i 
I didn't like hate watching this or anything else like that. It's it's fine. It's like a perfectly good little movie that I will watch once every 12 years. I think, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's it. I think we live in a culture now that really, you know, it celebrates novelty more than anything else just because there's so much shit to watch that mm-hmm. like if it's something you feel like you've seen before, it's like, okay, well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, at least that's how I feel. And so this this type of thing it, it it can fall to the wayside and I'm not upset about it, to be honest. This is uh, important. Like this does kind of close this little arc of Robin's career where he is trying to actively fight off the, the dad mantra. Like he, it was just kind of in the late night. Well, in the nineties throughout all of it, but especially into the late nineties, into the early two thousands, he was just like, I want to kind of shed this like family man off of me. Mm-hmm. I want to be more of like I want people to see me more as a capital A actor. I want to take risks with my performances. I want to try to work with all these like different young, interesting filmmakers. And then he kind of just kind of gives up on that hey, because let's see, I between next week, baby, the Holy Trinity of of two thousand two <laughs> movies go. that we talked about here of One Hour Photo, Death the Smoochie, and Insomnia. Yeah. Very mixed bag, uh, especially his performances in them are R. kind I. of mixed. I did also want to talk about the final cut. Oh, yes. It has yes. been sitting on my DVD shelf. And yeah. I realized that the disc was not in the box. Man, so there's no beat. way to watch that movie. It's gone. It doesn't exist. Now. I can't just rent it. Actually, I can. Well, why I would you spend money on watching the final cut? We don't have to do that. You don't got to No, do we that. don't. But I wanted to. Do you know how long we've been doing Robin? <laughs> it's been like eight years. We so got to do the essentials like next week. Yeah. When we're doing robots. Robots. <laughs> okay. So before we wrap up this episode, it's time for, you know, we got the table back. The table's back. We're uh, introducing a new release segment. New release, new release movies of the week. New. Wabam, pew, wabam, pew, pew. Wabam. Stab, stab, stab. Saw some movies this week. Oh um, man, is that a candle or is that just a really long wick? We saw John Wick Chapter Four. I didn't, and uh, we're here to recommend it to Drew. What happens because it's a great movie. Yeah, everyone should see it if you like the John Wick movies, which. I think we do, right? We reviewed the third one. And I, I think yeah, I, en- I enjoy it. them. They're not, you know, they're not like my bag Your exactly, bag, but right. I enjoy them. They're they're like, you can watch them and be like, wow, there's a lot to like here. You know what I mean? I oh. think that just from like a, not like plot wise or anything else like that, because A, I will say for listeners, um, this is two hours and 45 minutes of a John Wick movie. It's a little bit, a little bit long, a little bit. I will say, I say, say I, that again. Two hours and 45 minutes. It's almost three hours of a John Wick movie. But I didn't mind I will it say, too much. Yeah, no, it doesn't drag at all because I think that every like time that, every time action. that you start to feel a lull in a scene, then we set and we go to a new set piece, which yeah. is cool. These are these are movies that you could just mute and put on like dubstep. Dude, and, and you would still yeah you could just them. play this there out like is a party. dubstep b- yeah. in the yeah, movie exactly <laughs> but like even through the dialogue scenes um, <laughs> speaking I, uh, of dialogue <laughs> well I was just gonna say if you like the John Wick movies for like the great action set pieces then this, this is, is the uh, best one yeah. like it definitely like they some do some people, crazy shit people are going a little bit wild 
and the the pre pre setup. Posting, there are people posting. People are posting saying that this is the fallout of the John Wick franchise. Which my thought is, slow your fucking roll, guys. Yeah. Mission Impossible Fallout is one of the best action movies of the 21st century. Um, it's not quite that level, but I do think that it has mm-hmm. like set piece to set piece is so fucking cool. There's really impressive some sequences work. that are just like unbelievable. The stunt work. Ernie, you said right before the movie started that you're like, I view these like video games. Like they have video games logic. And this is that to like the umph degree of like, there are just waves of enemies coming at you. You have to keep fighting through them Mm -hmm. until you get to a boss battle. And Mm -hmm. And you get get fucking upgrades to your weapons. Yeah, like (laughs) it's literally video game logic, this movie. And it rules. It was, it's a fucking blast. It's, It's a really good time. I think like, don't go into it expecting you know, any type of uh, weight in terms of like the the drama and the emotional stakes of the movie. They try to inject some of that into the John Wick character. And I think for the most part, it pays off. But to me, what I enjoyed the most was the introduction of Donnie Yen, oh. martial arts, like legend Donnie mm-hmm. Yen. The way he moves, the way he fights in this movie is incredible. So he cool. plays like a blind assassin. and Every single sequence, this guy is just cool. oh, just absorbing all. If you all haven't, if attention. you haven't seen the Ip Man movies, check him out. He's oh, yeah. basically he's doing awesome. that in here. It's just, except a little bit more cartoony. He's getting a little bit more loose with it. Um, also, the aforementioned Bill Skarsgård is introduced mm-hmm. as the the main villain, and he's chewing it up. There's also this guy named uh, Scott Adkins, who oh, apparently yes. is like a big uh, action stunt kind of guy he shows up kind of all over doing a bunch of stunt work you can just look through his filmography it's just a bunch of fucking crazy uh action movies mm-hmm. um and he's in here as like almost like a uh stereotypical bond villain yeah no he literally is just teeth. he's here to be like the big the big the heavy yeah the literally, big the heavy literally the heavy <laughs> and it is some of the best action in the entire John Wick series. He's kind of giving Burnthal a little bit. Yeah. He, but like but like normal sized eyes. <laughs> and like not, buffer. Not, not a lot a lot eyes. bigger. It's it's an incredible incredible sequence in the middle of this movie uh, in a nightclub with waterfalls coming down the the walls. Hey. Um it, this whole movie just looks incredible. Like they're the lighting, the set design, the shots are just incredible. The shots. Lots this- of easily chad stahelski's best work as a director yeah like by a mile like there's just so much of this movie is it has the like pause and screen grab yeah. kind of quality to have like damn that looks good lots of you know falling, how to use neon lots of falling down like uh, it, shit that it's like how did they do that how does a human mm-hmm. fall like that <laughs> and without cutting they don't cut and you just see the fall in a single take and yep. it's like the I don't know how they did it. I'm sure there's a lot of of work put into the, you know, erasing wires and, and mm-hmm. pads and things like yeah, that. These, yeah, I mean, that's the best part of these movies is they're a great marriage of digital effects and yeah. just practical, like, hard work. Like, it's, there is some, rehearsal. some mind-blowing shit that they do here. Um, R.I.P. the late Lance Reddick. <sighs> yeah. Uh, just he, passed away. He just passed away. He's in this movie. Mm-hmm. I L- think Life is fleeting. Yeah, he, he was just about the uh, best looking 60 year old on Earth. I know. I in terms could of like, not believe that he was 60. I know. <laughs> and still, I mean, still 
too soon, but I don't think he's... this is my favorite uh, John Wick movie. I think that uh, the first one is probably still my favorite just because it has that emotional through line that I look for in, in movies to enjoy personally. I think chapter Ew. two and chapter three <laughs> are great movies, but it's just it's just a lot of killing people. And you start to it starts to wear you down after a while uh, without feeling like there's a purpose to it. And this one definitely suffers from that. But I think that this one is just so big. Mm -hmm. It's so massive. And they're just going kind of so above and beyond with the scale of the action that uh, I think this is probably my second favorite. I really like it. It's so my thing with these movies um, and I, I, I do. I really love these movies, but I do think one thing that separates it from something just easiest comparison that a lot of people have made to Mission Impossible movies is that um, Keanu Reeves ain't Tom Cruise when it cover, comes to acting. Yeah, um, the line reading. There's a couple of <laughs> line readings in this that Ernie and I did chuckle next <laughs> to each other in the theater because it's y he just you don't go to Keanu Reeves for like being a great actor. There's a reason why Keanu Reeves isn't considered like I know. an Oscar nominated if type I, of if guy. If I have one, one bone to pick with like fucking Reddit, you have to learn the difference between dedication to good stunt acting and being a good actor. Yeah. There's yeah. A bit, he's an, he is one of our worst like actors. I'm going his, to need a gun. His line deliveries, he kind of talks like this. And that's okay. It's literally it's he's doing, cool. He's the it's coolest doing, guy on earth. He's blessed. Like, yeah. I mean, he, you know, he's had tragedy in his life and everything. But yeah. like he loves doing this but work. He is good at it. Yeah. He's good. He's at incredible. He he know he has kind of found his lane. But it is funny. All of his line delivery is Chris Evans and uh Scott Pilgrim. As the, <laughs> like, oh, the next time you hear my voice, <laughs> it'll be a gun <laughs> hitting your head. It'll be a gun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think that is a something that this franchise as a whole is like it never really crossed that emotional through line that you were talking about, Ernie, because of that level. The first one probably is the best version of that chapter two, I still think might be my personal favorite because that's the best version of introducing this whole underground lore of this like yeah. world of assassins in a way that's like really cool it's like yeah fucking everybody is an assassin yeah um they all have big gold coins they all have a big gold coin <laughs> um this does go to uh my letterbox review of this which is that we maybe it's because i watch too much sports and so like my brain has been rotten has like turned rotten from like whenever I see a dollar amount in something, but like John wick, people are trying to hunt him down and they're like, it's a $20 million hit on getting John wick. That needs to be up higher. $20 million is what <laughs> Terry Rozier is making for the fucking Charlotte Hornets per year. Okay. That is $8 million less than Kirk cousins makes per year. Okay. Like I mm -hmm. need John wick has to be worth more than that. What? Like literally the world's greatest assassin that anyone has ever known. Minimum. At least. Are yeah. you kidding me? Like I what is, need what more is, than that. What is the value of a dollar in this world though? Huh? Yeah. Maybe. The big gold coins. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, you know, they don't have the inflation problems that we have. Right. Maybe. Yeah. Cause the assassins keep, keep, yeah. they keep the, the number do, of humans low. So put like us dollars next to the bounty, <laughs> but it's like, what, how many dollars is, is the one big gold, gold coin? coin? Yeah. Like what's your weight in gold? <laughs> I don't know. Um, another thing about this movie is there's one set piece in particular in Paris where 
and it's not it's not its fault but it's going to be judged up against mission impossible movies yeah and whenever they try to do riffing they literally the they do hard. their version of tom cruise driving a motorcycle without a helmet on which is uh keanu reeves driving a mustang with the door blown off so then he's <laughs> driving it and you can see that he's driving car but like there is no driver's side door <laughs> Uh, some of the CGI and it doesn't look great. I didn't mind it too um, much. I thought at it was that cool. point, it does like kind it's of like lull of you into it because yeah. <laughs> at that point, it does kind of lull you into it because like the movie is kind of like dulled your senses to the point where you're like, I'm watching a cartoon right yeah, now. I'm watching fully. a cartoon thing that this isn't set also, in reality. It looks like they shot it in Paris. Yeah, not maybe not that specific sequence, but there are other scenes where it's like that's definitely just in yeah, the streets they, of Paris. They definitely just shot it in Paris, which like shoot movies in places yeah please unless you're steven spielberg <laughs> and you actually know how to use ilm to their full capabilities oh my god did you see that yeah what i shared did yeah you yeah see what i shared in the chat no i would never in the fablemans they use the volume technology for the tornado scene i saw a tweet about that it's literally like, you... it's on a soundstage oh that whole thing i was like what the, the like fuck? driving the car and everything that's just all on a soundstage it's not actually in any kind of I, that stuff. is insane yeah Spielberg, stellar, good um, guy. Might we gotta get this guy on an Ant Man movie. <laughs> For fuck's sake, give him a real chance. Um, like the a couple of other highlights from this from Chapter Four are um, the Osaka Osaka Continental. Yeah. That what a way this, to kick off the movie, man. Yeah, fucking Incredible. rules, man. The nunchucks. This man, the nunchucks, the <laughs> knife fighting, just that's Stahelski just fully in his bag yeah. as just I'm going to show you that I am the best whenever right. it comes to hand to hand combat, like it, up close and personal. Nobody can shoot the shit better than exactly. me in, in American films. Right that's now. that's why you come to these movies is to see what they call the gun fu. It's yeah. fucking nuts, dude. And, and it's scene, somebody with uh, seemingly unlimited rounds. It's just a clip that they, they go through and they're like, no, oh, this has a, a 21 capacity yeah. chamber. It's like, well, he just shot 427 bullets out of that thing without reloading. Also, so I don't know uses, about that. I, he uses his jacket as like cover because yeah, it's, it's an it's indestructible Kevlar. jacket. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like, like a Kevlar. He's like this That's not how Kevlar works. Like it doesn't just like pew off of you like if you're wearing Kevlar. Also, we should mention so the the top-down shot the oh hotline, the dollhouse the shot line miami sequence oh my god that the is infl the inflammable rounds yeah he uh fl flammable rounds flammable yeah, yeah flammable no it's like it that is the most video game of upgrading your yeah. weapon everything else of just they find this guy where they like basically attach fireworks to the rounds themselves so you shoot and it just explodes on people and and the sets them on fire flying over this top down set so it's fucking so i good. just like that was an extended sequence where like my hands yeah, were you, on my on my face forward. and i leaned forward i was like i this rules this rules so fucking yeah. hard what i'm seeing right now yeah i, I like the movie it's, it's probably my favorite movie of the year so far yeah i think i like it better than creed 3 um they're kind of on a similar level for me creed 3 does have jonathan majors in it which like this movie doesn't but this movie has Donnie Yen in it. As Donnie so, Yen. Oh, wanted to give a shout out to to um, what's his name? Shamir Anderson, who I had never Mr. seen. Nobody. Who I had never yeah. seen anybody. His his name. He's nobody. He's a more, tracker. More stuff. He's excellent yeah. in this movie. A like fun addition. Legitimately, him and Donnie Yen kind of carry the emotional weight that Keanu. I think doesn't in this yeah. movie. I think that like what both of them are doing is bringing like really really unique uh 
kind of empathy from these characters that are supposed to be like the villain type characters mm-hmm. in this story, but they aren't the big, big villains. So you kind of learn a little bit more about them. And their- also, uh, Rina Sawayama. Yeah. Let's our go. girl who might be like the I star of the next who, John Wick movie. Yeah. Um, She's they great. leave her character wide open for a lot of possibilities. That would, that'd be sick. I'm I'm happy for her. She she put out a really disappointing album last year. Um, yeah. She's cool in the movie. And she well, that's the thing is like as a person, she you can't find anyone cooler. She actually does. I mean, I don't know how much of her own stunt work she does or anything like that, but like she is really good in the sequences good. that she's in. Yeah. Fuck yeah, that rules. Yeah. Um her and Do- dude, her and Donnie Yen together in the next John Wick movie. Like, let's, let's fucking, fucking go, go dude. Yeah. That like that will rule so hard. <laughs> I'm so ready. So for that. John Wick 4 is probably my favorite movie of, of the year so far. Another movie I saw this week that's probably my least favorite movie of the year. A, a real two one two punch this week. Shazam 2 Fury of the Gods. That's the worst movie of the year so far. Damn. That it, I've is... only seen six movies this year. He hasn't I'm, seen Cocaine Bear. <laughs> I haven't seen Cocaine Bear. I haven't seen Plane. I might Megan. go see Cocaine Bear. I'm doing the real the legwork for yeah. this fucking part. <laughs> <laughs> uh to to go from John Wick and then the, and, and then the next to... day see Shazam <laughs> 2. Remember when um I brought up a couple pods ago like what's the biggest come down from movie one to movie two? Oh yeah i think shazam 2 is like a big contender oh wow because i like the first shazam the first movie. shazam's really fun yeah it's a fun fun superhero movie. yeah it's like it's like a family story kind of low stakes and this movie this might be a good little mini conversation about just like the state of kind of big popcorn blockbuster movie making um um because, i'm i'm thrilled about this because like the the double header of Shazam 2 and Ant-Man 3 seems like a big sort of ringing of the bell of the end because we can't we can't keep doing this this cannot be. So what do you think it is? Has the well just run dry of of good enough material or has the talent relocated itself? I think it's, I just think it's it's just this approach of like quippy fun winking. The shtick is it run doesn't out. work anymore. It's, it, it it's felt run dry. fresh. It felt fresh at one time and it was deployed correctly when like the very first Avengers movie came out and it was like this is amazing this feels so fresh and now like over a decade later it's like this has this is way past its expiration it's becoming a copy of a copy of a copy that's yeah exactly it's become become distorted it's become it's all just because like as much as we'd hate to admit it the root of all of this is Joss Whedon yeah um and he is the only you can say the only thing that he is good at truly is writing quippy dialogue um, but it's become they give these scripts to writers that do not have experience in anything similar, and they're like, do an impression of right. an impression of an impression of extends, Joss Whedon. It extends to all the other aspects of the movie. Like there are there are sequences in this movie that we've seen before. Like there's a sequence in on a bridge where they save people that's like literally the same thing from the fucking first Fantastic Four movie from like 15 years ago. We already did it. Every yeah. major sequence in this movie is derivative of something else. There's nothing that feels fresh and new, which is the first Shazam felt fresh and new. I, I, yeah, to its I, I remember enjoying the first Shazam. Um, 
if it were to come out now, I'd probably enjoy it less. But still, you know, at the time, I think yeah. also the <laughs> it's Four like years ago. we also weighted up against everything else that DC had put out at that point, which at yeah, that point, it's we like, like, oh, my God, shit. oh, it's yeah. a breath of life. When reality, like, was it ever that great to begin with? Or was it just like a fun? I think it was. Just, yeah, I think and, it was just like a really serviceable uh hero comedy movie to to yeah to to sort of mirror well it felt uh, small it was about this family yeah a foster family right. about this experience of this kid like not feeling like he belonged in his foster family like i really like that aspect of the first movie you know this one like doesn't have that at all it just it's nothing it doesn't feel like there's anything there to grab onto ernie you might be right and because i i was a little bit more hesitant because you were out here saying that this was going to be kind of the starting to be the the phase three of the superhero genre and it's slowly getting phased out but at the end of the day i maybe it's just the cynical side of me is that as long as these movies make money that's all that matters um shazam 2 is heading for a 30 million dollar opening weekend yeah. on 125 and the first million one was like budget. 45 or 50 and that is that's bad it's might lose money Good. like it probably Ant is Man, going Ant to Man lose money tanked on its like third weekend it's not it's like gonna barely cross 500 mil or yeah. something like that which but the thing is that's still a w like that's still as no, long as these movies no but as long as these movies are at least it's it's an expense for them like it doesn't actually it's not right. like a big loss it's the not moment, a huge red the like, moment that these flag, movies yeah. have a babylon where they lose a hundred million dollars okay. that's when things are going to get yeah. serious when yeah. it's like which an dc 18. has had those dc has had those, <laughs> I know. but marvel still hasn't yet i think i think a lot of the issue and the reason that people don't want to give up on these movies is because the history of superhero movies is so spotty before the 21st century yeah like yeah. But and now even, it's and even so into, yeah, and even into the early aughts, like things were just like more likely Pretty than MCU. not, things were going to yeah. be wildly mishandled if you yeah. were making a hero adaptation. So the fact that they have done so many serviceably well is incredible. Like it's like for anyone who's into comics, into these stories, it's a huge win. But there comes a time when the wave simply must it's, end. No, it literally it's I I been saying this for years but this is like and i'm not the only person to say this but this is the westerns we are now reaching the 1940s and people don't want to see westerns anymore they want to see crime films like they don't like it, eventually these things all come in waves and not to say that superhero movies are going to stop forever westerns still get made but that's not the only type of movie anymore you don't have one studio putting out five of these fucking things plus tv shows yeah. about the same thing every it's year because it's you oversaturated the market and the the, the target audience for this movie are people that have watched other comic book movies so they're not going into it with fresh you're, open yeah exactly eyes. you also that's a whole other problem that so they you're have is hitting you're only the losing fans at yeah this point. you are only losing an they're, audience you are never going to capture more people because you're either in or you're new. out this they're point. not seeing anything new i i will say like this is not a black adam level at least in my opinion like black, it's not that good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> black adam made me want to claw my eyes out this i could be like okay if you were like eight years old when the first one came out and now you're like 11 or 12 like you're probably gonna find a lot to enjoy here you know it's it's still at the end of the day a, a movie aimed primarily at children and you know unless you're like a maybe an older kid you're not gonna judge it too critically like they're gonna enjoy it for what it is yeah there's some things in it that like might be a little bit too scary for younger kids which i did kind of like some of the creature design was giving elden ring uh and some of these things so it does look good 
like the CGI is well done. It, in it's this. it's spotty here okay. and there. It, yeah, yeah right, it's guess. spotty and and like when you don't care about the story at all, it's it's a lot harder to kind of vibe with this level of inconsistency where like every other scene we were just talking about this the other night drew like these movies they're on a schedule and they just have to put them out unfinished yeah they're just like all right that's it you know they don't have a james cameron avatar yeah. budget where they can take yeah or well, like or like an rr situation where it was just like yeah just take a year to shoot exactly do, do whatever yeah <laughs> i mean that's the whole there is a was it Hollywood Reporter of Variety that had that really great piece last year that was like the about anonymous, the yeah, the uh, yeah, yeah, the VFX houses about how fucking slammed they are with these movies. And there's a reason, like they look. It's not just your imagination that they've been looking more and more like shit the last three years. Like they legitimately yeah. have drastic, dramatically less yeah. time to work on. And them. and COVID played a huge role in this, obviously. Yeah. Like right. it, I think, I think Marvel in particular got a little over ambitious in thinking that they could stick with the shoot and warehouse formula like post COVID working out. Mm -mm. Yeah. It's time to get back into the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this movie, it was not I, in the world. This there's is, also, yeah, there's also the aspect that we haven't talked about yet, which is the Zachary Levi of all this. I was going to bring that up. He is insufferable in this movie. There are a couple, there are we, couple I think scenes. after the first Shazam, we were all like, I like Zachary Levi. He's fun in this. He's good. He was good in the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel season yeah. that he was in. He was fun in um, that. As a human being, he's terrible. Yeah. Um, he, <laughs> so he is doing like uh, the SNL sketch version of this performance and it does mm. not work at all. But maybe, maybe like one or two scenes it works, you know, and you get some laughs out of it, but it just does not click, especially because like he's supposed to be playing a version of this kid. But when you see the actual kid, the kid doesn't behave at all. Like there's no connection in the two oh, versions no. of the character that that was That's that was good. true in the first one yeah, also it's I, that, was, like, that was that was the critique he's I going had. too zany yeah it's for too what much the kid yeah is the doing. kid is not zany in yeah. the first uh, one yeah that kid asher angel i'm sorry bud like there's nothing for you here <laughs> jack dylan jack dylan grazer though again the mvp oh Josh, he's great like, fucking yeah, love like that guy. first movie yeah jack grazer squad yeah we're still going strong he's great it is how's how's puberty treating him is he gonna is he gonna get roles as an adult just like Hey, hey, Mr. Shazam! Like, is it oh, drop? That's yet? always that's always the big question. <laughs> like, Does he get weird like, and awkward? Yeah, the, the, when you're introduced to him, it's just like, oof! Like, <laughs> he's supposed to be playing like probably a junior, maybe a senior in high school, and it's just like you kind of look like you're starting to get into your 20s a little wow. bit. Oh boy, it's Check not out, quite working hey, out. Uh, USA Today article. The next Timothy Chalamet, yeah. <laughs> meet Jack Dylan Grazer, HBO I, and It Star. He's he's really fun though. Like J he is putting Jack in good Grazer work. is my guy. He, yeah, he's given and he gets a lot of scenes with uh, Rachel Zegler, who's in this movie. And I was just like, nice. Rachel Zegler, can you please make real movies? You are so talented. You're about to be <laughs> Disney Snow White. Like, please. Go work with Steven Spielberg again. Like, what, what are we hell? doing? I'm, yeah. I'm looking at post post puberty Jack Grazer. I know it's, it's weird. It's, it's so weird <laughs> looking at him. I mean, this is this is this happens to every child actor. This this is why it's tough to buy stock in like kid actors yeah. because like you you don't know like 
you don't know how they're going to look. And then even if they're talented, casting directors might just toss them in the trash. Yeah. Or guess what? They might go, they might like become 14 and like have a mental illness. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because just, you become famous at way too young. Yeah. Age. They might like, they might be like, oh, actually I'm very anxious and they're, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Cause it is the twofold of both like, you can be a good child actor because you're good at playing like boyishness, but you aren't good at being like an actor as like a 20 plus year old person. And then also, yeah, there is the whole being typecast. If you just look like a kid forever, then you have where Timmy's at now where Timmy is like trying to kind of break free of that mold. But it's like you still look at Timothy Chalamet and you're like, what are you like? I don't know, like 21. I don't know. Like, <laughs> it could be, it could be anything. A little baby. Um, yeah, I ride for Jack all day. Uh, so my letterbox review for this was uh, somehow the most memorable thing about this movie is that uh, Shazam has a Ready Player One poster in his bedroom. Hell yeah, brother! So that's like the one thing that is not going to leave my brain from the, this movie. The big kid? Ernest Klein f- fan. Yeah, man. <laughs> Listen, in high school, we all loved Ready Player One. I think I think it was it's an a, important. That is important that is the book, the biggest like Hollywood film. bubble. I've ever heard. Well, it's a Warner Brothers movie. So it's like he has it's like oh. Annabelle Creation, which is a David F. Sandberg movie, Game of Thrones and Ready Player One. Those that's what cool. you want to sleep next to every night is those posters. <sighs> I, I don't want to be. Annabelle, wait, an, wait, wait, wait. Annabelle Creation is that's, a poster. Yeah, that's that the, the, it's the David F. Sandberg movie. No, I know. But that's oh, man, that's just. Yeah. OK. All right. Um, <laughs> I would love for David F. Sandberg to make his malignant. Like, just go back to making horror movies because the creature design in this movie is like the best shit about it. Like, he's they let him do some creepy fucking shit. It looks really cool. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. JDG. Oh, my God. The single overall strap. He that is, rules. This is what you got to do is you got to go like, yeah, I go like sexy, sexy, sexy yeah. TikTok, like sexy twinky boy. Um, just yeah. overalls, big ass chain. Um, fuck yeah, Jack. Helen Mirren you know and Lucy Liu I love it. are also in this movie. It. They get nothing to do. Completely wasted. Man, I forgot that Lucy Liu was in this movie. Yeah. That's, man, that sucks because Lucy tough. Liu just doesn't act anymore. So then you get a Lucy Liu performance. She gets to ride a you get to CGI throw her dragon. In this. Okay, cool. Sick. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, Jim and Honsu uh, returns as the, the wizard that grants him the powers. Oh, and nice. he gets to run around with Jack Dylan Grazer in their own little movie. I was like, can I see that movie? Because those two guys seem fun together. I want the, the movie becomes like a pretty good little buddy movie with Jim and Honsu so and Jack Dylan Grazer I, for like 20 minutes. Good. Remind me, and I could, the, the first Shazam ends with them all getting powers, right? Yes. So Jack Dylan Grazer, what is his adult version of himself? Adam Brody. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's good. It's fine. Okay. It's okay. Right. I like, I like Adam Brody, Brody yeah. but it's just a. He's better than fucking Zach. Adam Brody. <laughs> Adam Brody to me is like an all time. Uh, I haven't done research yet, but like what happened? He's there in, there um, was there was a decade where he should have been a movie star, right. in my yeah. opinion. He's like, in Fleischman is in trouble. He's really good in that. I know. Okay. Yeah. With, now, uh, I mean, but now at this point, he's like 40, you know, like what happened? He was Seth Cohen. He was the king of, of TV. It seemed like a natural movie star. Hey, oh, you got Shazam too. <laughs> so cool. yeah, maybe not. I think I'd probably put Ant-Man 3 below this as my least favorite movie but of your the two year. worst movies of the year are two superhero movies right. and that says something as you can it's stop watching them. watch yeah i could i think that's where i'm at drew you were ahead of the curve here and i think i i 
after Wakanda Forever, I think that that movie kind of well, yeah. Thor broke something inside of me, and then Wakanda yeah. Forever that was, was just like, first, yeah, we're never going back. That was the first like sign of because like, I already stench. I already hadn't seen like more than half of the new fucking yeah. wave of movies of the Eternals and I that bullshit. Anyway, I haven't watched one since Endgame. It's good. And Honestly, you life left. Is awesome. Here's the thing: you hopped off the train at the appropriate. I know. Stop. Like maybe like the only <laughs> one I would want to watch is uh, No Way Home. Well, no you, way home you, is, I guess you saw Far From Home, the thing which is, was like a month after Endgame. The one with Jack, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. You're right. That was right after. Yeah. You're right. I uh, That's like a coda to Endgame, yeah. though. Yeah. I No Way Home is, uh, or Far From, yeah, No Way Home. No Way Home, uh, as much Andrew as I like Garfield it, it's the one with the portals. Um, and that's the movie that's going to break people's fucking brains for yeah. all of these things portals forever. forever. Um yeah, I think outside of Guardians 3, because it's a James Gunn Guardians movie, I kind of just don't fucking care anymore. Yeah. I think I'm just out. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm hard still, out. I'm still interested from like an industry. I don't even see Loki season two anymore. And I fucking love the first season of Loki, but from I like just know it's going to be a setup for something else. Like the, the from like a state of Hollywood perspective and like where the industry is going, I'm still fascinated by like, how these movies are positioned as a central piece of the industry mm -hmm. and how that affects everything else. Yeah. You know? So I think that the smart thing to do would be to pump the fucking brakes on this shit and just let it fizzle out and not continue to pour money into something that's not getting the return that you want on it in terms of quality or in terms of dollars or so. just maybe we just go back to just making one or two of these exactly which i think i think that's what's going to happen i think that that's probably where yeah it's well, going to be a while before we're down to that level well though. i think that i d it's going to take it's going to take a big flop and i don't know which one that's going to be what else is maybe it's going to be uh what's the the marvels that's this year. Yeah, yeah. End of this I year. think I could see that flopping like that being the one where it's like, oh, brother, we really thought that we could just make like a children's Marvel Captain Marvel uh, sequel, which Captain Marvel already wasn't a gr very successful oh, one of the Marvel ones, movie yeah. anyways. I did want to say one last thing. This movie has one of the most egregious product placements I have ever seen in my life. Oh, for please fucking describe it. Skittles. They say, taste the rainbow twice. Oh, come on. <laughs> cool. Just well, we an think ad. They got like a quick like Just 100K to go towards their budget the or something. play a role in the third act. Come on, man. Are they like the Infinity Stones? <laughs> they, yeah, that's how they control <laughs> the creatures. The creatures that are attacking, that's how they like tame them with Skittles. Is come it, on. is it better <laughs> like, or worse what? product placement than the use of the Mountain Dew a transformer in the first Transformers movie. <laughs> oh, I don't remember that. That's you don't remember worse. the Mountain Dew car? I know they did Bud Light at one point. Bud Light was another yeah. one in there. Michael Bay, though, he loves. There was one in Ambulance. I can't remember which one it was, but uh, Michael Bay always has a great oh, product oh, placement Creed thing in there. 3, Creed Three had Hennessy, which was pretty egregious. That's, but that's can, cool though. They can kind of sneak that one Is in. That it's okay? like it's actually a sponsorship of the fight. Ooh. So damn. Yeah, that's fair because <laughs> fights are branded. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, product placement happens, but they got to pay. Yeah. The, the the greatest of all time, in my opinion, I think about it like three times a week. Still, is um K Space as Frank Underwood going? Is that a PS Vita? <laughs> <laughs> PS Vita. <laughs> fucking I'll say, I'll say that's a PLC that is, that's one of the most fucked up things yeah. I've ever seen in my life <laughs> alright we can wrap it up there
thank you all for tuning in, watching and listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, like, and comment. Let us know your thoughts. Visit webotamike.net, join the Discord, and donate. Thank you, beautiful donors, for donating, making the show mm-hmm. possible. We got this table. This table costs five thousand dollars. Oh my god! So this was wait one weeks of yeah. podcasts. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Next week, it's robots time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Robots from uh, what is that illumination? Whatever illumination was before it was illumination. I thought it was a DreamWorks. It's oh, not DreamWorks. Oh, you might be right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is DreamWorks. I'm pretty sure Spielberg directed this. <laughs> It is produced by Blue Sky Studio. Yeah. Oh, it's like oh. some off-brand. I, for animation. some reason, I told myself that this was a DreamWorks yeah. film. Ewan, um, Amanda Bynes. What else does Blue Sky put out? I think. Um, they put Ice out any other. Oh, oh, I okay. Was, I, I think okay. Ice Age was like their big one. Ice Age rocks. Yeah. So Ice we'll, Age, we'll the first Ice Age is great. Uh, and keep the Robin train going as we reach the end of our series. Uh, in terms of new movies, I know Super Mario Bros. is right mm-hmm, around the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Don't know if we'll need a whole episode on that. <laughs> uh, Last of Us just wrapped up. Yeah, we're going to have to do a Last of Us yeah. recap. The Last Absolutely. Of Us. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank mm-hmm. you all. We'll see you next time. We love you. Bye. 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 Bye.